Hey, this is Mike Herrera. You're listening to Magnified Pod. This is a yelling podcast. From poking at you to plans and everything in between, this is Magnified Pod, the only podcast that discusses culture, religion, politics, and the entire discography of everyone's favorite left coast punks, MXPX. And we're back. Yay, yay. John, this is the first episode that we're doing where we are filming it. Hey. And we're going to see if this is actually a complete disaster or not. So um, it could be. Who knows? Who knows if it'll work? I think it's going to be great. I think it's we're going to nail it like everything we do as part of this enterprise. <laughs> yeah, every everything that we have tried for this podcast has been a 100% we have a, we have a 100% success rate with as, everything as far as I'm concerned including our <laughs> bit that we will never let die <laughs> best life oh yeah we got a couple of tall frosty best lives <laughs> right here this is and these are the last four bro oh man we really got to savor them we have tonight. to savor it make sure to savor your final cans or they might savor you that sounds great. Yeah. What's so? Is it like? What's it? It's like that Russia joke, you know? <laughs> yeah, in Russia, that, the beer savers you. Right. It doesn't make quite as much sense, <laughs> but that's fine. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, you're Andrew, by the way. I'm Andrew. I am John. Yes, and it's. I think it's easier if we're taping, recording. We don't use Unclear. film. No, we don't, not it, filming. It's not filming or taping. They use no. n- neither. Taping so is hard recording. to let go of. Yeah, we're recording. We're recording. Yeah, it's one of those those um, terms that I don't think has ever left the common right. vernacular. Did you tape it? Yeah, like also the same thing with like you know roll your window down. It's like yeah, good point. You're not rolling, you know. <laughs> What do yeah. you do now? You just kind of press it down. That yeah, Ellen DeGeneres has that joke mm. about how there's like no you know the 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 gesture that people still do, but like uh. you just look like an idiot if you went like this. <laughs> just click your finger. <laughs> Not the same effect. Nope. Nope. So, John, let's. Um, You've been cleaning your glasses for like 45, 45 minutes. <laughs> These glasses are always completely gross, and it's because my. This is the most boring thing I've ever talked about, because my the wipes, the cleaning cloths are always so dirty, and I forget to wash them ever, and so it takes a really long time oh, to clean. Oh shit! Sorry. What was what, what were we talking about? In conclusion, that's why I'm a punk. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm also feeling more self conscious than usual <laughs> because. You're you're on that cam. You're on that film. I'm that film. You're yeah, sending all that, those ones and that, zeros to Russia. Yeah, that. The Mark Ford, Zuckerberg. Yeah, what's up, Mark? Um, I wanted to toast ah. to the pod and to our our best lives. That's right. It's very good. Delish. But John, there's um, one other thing mm. that we need to toast to. Ah. Uh, because we are recording this on uh, Friday, the Friday tonight. Friday tonight, we're recording Friday tonight, and it is the second mm. 
Um, but on Tuesday, it's a it's a big day. Mikey, Mike's birthday. Mikey's birthday. But we will not be recording until after that. Mm. And since we toasted to Tom, it's only fair. It's only fair. But uh, you got. I, f- I figured. I figured we would have to do it in the spirit of this. And I think we need to be yeah. Satan in the car, <laughs> sipping from a flask. I support it. This and one is not signed by Mike. This one's fans, not signed by but Mike, but it is it is repping to Chicago um, distilleries, mm-hmm. one of which is the, dis- the flask is from Few, which is in Evanston. Good stuff. And then... The bourbon itself is from Koval. Yes. So. Thank you, sir. Here, why don't you. Mike. <laughs> here's to you, bud. It's bourbon, bit. so. Ah, uh, yeah. Puts me in that tumble down spirit. That's kind of. So Ooh, here's what I was thinking. So good. Oh. Mm-hmm. Cheers to you, Koval. <sighs> Cheers to you, Mike Carrera. Mm-hmm. Um, also that. So. I was thinking, what would be Mike's drink of choice? Mm. And I I would think it would be bourbon or whiskey of some kind, since they sing about it quite a bit with Tumble Down. Until Best Life came out, and now that's all he (sighs) is interested in. Well, and wine. And Anchor Valley wine. I was thinking Anchor Valley, I was thinking about wine, but like... Big Pinot Head. He is a big Pinot head. That that sounds super <laughs> insulting. He's got a huge Pinot head. <laughs> um, yeah, but I was also thinking like tequila. I don't know, being down in yeah in yeah. Uh, Texas, but I didn't think nothing ever. You know, when at a Punktoberfest, when Mike was like making that joke to the kids about like right, you know, he's like no, you know. You can drink tequila when you're 21, but don't drink tequila until you're like 30. Right. So, you don't really drink tequila when you're 21. <laughs> tequila. You just pound it. Yeah. Tequila drinks you. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's better. <laughs> that makes more sense. Yeah. Tequila drank me a lot yep. back in the day. Yeah. But um, this, uh, this whiskey's going down smooth, just yep. like uh, Mike is aging. Yeah. I gracefully mean, and smoothly. He's, and yeah. He's He's... He's still, you know, I want to have this accessible to both of us. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm nervous it's about spill on that we're gonna any number of electronics <laughs> ruining two computers, the poking at your punk, the table. I'm I don't fuck the table. What do I care about the table? Um, I'll just make a noise when I want some. Okay. I'll go, mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. That makes sense. Um, so we'll just we'll just have it. So so far from me now. Okay. Well, where do you, what, 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 what do you want? <laughs> All right. You can just. It looks great. Yeah. Uh, keep Evanston weird mm-hmm. is what it is what it says. Um, so now, who did that first? Is that Portland, Austin? I don't know. That's a Maybe good question. Austin. We should ask Mike since he lives close to Austin. That's true. Uh, I you know here's the thing. Um, we uh, speaking of Texas. Mm. Um, I was pulling up our statistics, um, for downloads. And I think I mentioned this on a recent, a recent app that, that 
Texas has been in the number three mm-hmm. spot. A lot but, of Magpod heads down there. Right, but they're Uh-oh. they're closing in on Illinois. Ooh. So shout out to Texas yeah. for closing in on our uh on our home state. So it's probably a lot of Ted Cruz downloads in there. He loves our show. As I was saying, <laughs> I that. think we also made that joke last time. <laughs> last time, but we didn't. The joke we did it that we forgot to make mm. was about Beto O'Rourke mm-hmm. because he was in a punk band back in the day. That's right. So See, I just wanted to give you the layup here. Thank you. you Nailed it. Yeah, because we blew it last time. Um, but I'm, um, I, I'm really hoping. I'm really pulling for Beto. Yeah. In in this uh, in this election, I think that'd be. See, look at this. This is from the past. Um, since uh, August to October. Um, California, big. California, Illinois, Texas, Texas. It's been closing in. Yeah. Um, Canada too. Hey. Saskatchewan. Man. I didn't even know. Got got a lot of. Mag Magpod fans in Saskatchewan. I don't know anything about Saskatchewan at all. I'm sure so, it's a better place to be than here. That <laughs> That's is, about all I know. That is probably a guarantee. <laughs> um, so for the people living in Saskatchewan, um, uh, hit us up. What's What do you do in Saskatchewan? What's What's the culture like? What's go to Regina? Is that a Is that Saskatchewan? I think so. Is it? We Seems are like Americans. It's the kind of thing we should know since they're super close to us, but we know yeah, nothing. Yeah, we're totally ignorant. God, we're the worst. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, I can talk about statistics for a little while. <laughs> yes, Regina I, is the capital of Saskatchewan. Okay, cool. So for my, for my day job, I'm a data analyst, so this sort of stuff interests me. Love crunching those numbies. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get those numbies. Got to get those Excel spreadsheets. Work those pivot tables, son. <laughs> You're always shouting that. I'm always in my in my office. I'm just standing up from my desk, like rock those pivots, bitch. I guess. Uh, yeah. Nope. I guess. I guess. Guess not. Um, so, um, I wanted to get to some voicemails. Um, and before we get into really any the meat of anything heavy, so um, we had some voicemails following up from our Def Lepod oh, episode. Yes. Still, our most <laughs> successful to date. Everybody, we actually it's it's gotten better. Right, More, right. you know. I think people. I think we kind of leaned on people to be like, "Hey, bros." Check it out. It's a solid app. We're into it. And so, um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's not amazing, but, you know. Anyway, um, on a previous app, we had Nick Polk. Nicky call, P. Nicky P. Call and share a, uh, a story about his, <laughs> he was a... Maybe twelve or thirteen. Yeah, he's so. a teenage early yep. is early. Uh maybe he's twelve or whatever. And he went to his uncle took him to a show 
to see Def Leppard and Journey, and he was talking about this um, woman he was describing in this very 80s aesthetic, mm. and we weren't sure what era this was, um, and so he actually called to, to clarify All right. uh, to clarify that story a bit. Hello, dude. It is Nikki P responding to what year it was that I went to that concert. And it's actually funny. I, I, I am but a wee tyke. Uh, and I am only 25 years old. So, um, actually, 2003 was the year that I actually saw. Incredible. Oh, no. So I think that the old lady titties were definitely in order. She was, they were at least in their, you know, their 30s. But it was actually another side note. It was actually the first year I skipped church camp uh, because I saw Def Leppard and Journey, and my mom was a little afraid that I had sold my soul to the above. <laughs> so, anyways, those are some of the missing beats of that story. Uh, keep up the good work. Still looking forward to the Def, next Def Leppard episode. <laughs> Uh, smooches, my guys. Magpie pod for life. Yes. Thank you, Nick. Uh, um, yes, thank you. So that that bums me out quite a bit. <laughs> I love that we were like, I mean, it wasn't like 2003. And, <laughs> and then, he's like, yep. It was exactly, it was exactly it was. 2003. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. It, it makes me, I don't know. Um, <laughs> it makes me wonder, like, what is going to be the sort of analogous kind of like when we're like 50 yeah yeah if we're still rocking like <laughs> limp biscuit and um, we don't even we don't corn. even like we don't even like limp biscuit now oh i was just thinking what would be a, a yeah and i think one of the time. tragedies of limp biscuit is that uh trump ruined the red hat for fred durst oh yeah what I does th- he do now i don't even know he's like directing movies and stuff now i thought so but didn't wasn't there something recently where I can't remember if we talked about this or not, where um, maybe it was Violent J from um, ICP. From ICP tried to drop kick Fred Durst on, <laughs> yes. on stage. Who did that? Does sound familiar? <laughs> what a weird <laughs> thing to he, have talked about he, twice. And he whiffed. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, a that's, anyway. And that's a sad time. That's not the kind of band you were trying to name. No, there, but no, <laughs> still. But this this will get into this will kind of get into a uh, conversation a little bit. But we have another voicemail about Def Leppard. Hey, it's uh, Danny calling. I you know I completely forgot to mention this or to leave a voicemail previously, and you've already I feel like you've probably already wrapped up wrapped up the Def Leppard no. talk from that podcast. Never. But this story I can't really tell in a tweet, so I was like, well, you call me a voicemail. So my wife and I went to see Def Leppard on this current tour. Yes. And one of the two closing nights of the forum with uh, Journey as the closer of the wow. night, but Def Leppard opened it, and there <laughs> the, the, we were way up in the back, but in the, in the forum, it's like every seat looks good. And I took Instagram stories from MXPX, memes instagram and people be i was hoping 
people will be like, why am I watching Def Leppard and Journey <laughs> footage from an MXPX memes account? But if you saw that, that's how far up we were. If you saw that footage I left. And we were right in front of a guy who was so pumped to be at the show. And at one point, and my wife heard all kinds of stuff he was saying. I didn't really hear most of the stuff he was saying. But at one point, like two or three songs in, he just starts going, that's old school. That's old school. That's old school. Like, he just kept saying that. Like, everyone's like, he's just so happy that he's viewing something that's old school that he couldn't contain himself and he needed everyone around him, or at least his friends, to know that's old school. He was he was saying in a happy voice. He was just so excited that what he was watching was old school. So I had to, you know, that's the kind of uh, hysteria that um, Def Leppard nailed it. brings out of people. Anyway, Leopard for life. <laughs> Leopard for life. I mean that that works. I guess that's fine. that too. Um, that's a wonderful story. Yeah, it really adrenalized me to hear it. <laughs> yep, that was good. Um, I mean, in that guy's defense, if we were at an MXPX show and they started playing Walking By, I'd that's like, old that's school. Old school. <laughs> if they did play Walking By, um, I would be I would be super pumped. Me too. But I wanted to move on to the question of actually no, actually before we do that, um, we have a voicemail from Jen Mandigo. Hey guys, it's Jen. Um, I just listened to the last two episodes and I made a list of the things that I wanted to respond to. Number one, Smart. I do not know who Harry Knuckles guy is. <laughs> Dang it. Uh, Shit. Even when you read the name from the record, it didn't sound familiar to me, so sorry. I don't know who that is. Um, I do not know Bremerton Bry. Never met her. Damn it. Uh, never lived in Bremerton, actually, just sort of Bremerton adjacent. Sure, sure. Um, I did meet Andrea, though. So, Ooh, what? Um, if ever there was a girl to be engaged to, she was it. She was actually really nice. Um, Need more deeds. See. Oh, uh, I appreciate your shout-outs to mental health. I'll let you guys talk about that on the pod. Hopefully, mm-hmm. in the future, that can be something you talk about a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And... I was really excited when you said that you are thinking about potentially interviewing Seth Roberts. He is one of my absolute favorite musicians, so I am looking forward to that. I think that's all all that I had. Basically, I don't know anything. So uh, <laughs> thanks for the work, you guys, and I look forward to hearing the next one. Bye. Um, thanks, Dr. Jen. Yes, thanks, Dr. Jen. We have There's a lot to break down there. Um, <clears throat> so... She mentioned all the stuff she didn't know, but she did just casually say she mentioned <laughs> and that she met Andrea. It's very, yeah, slid that in there. And no follow-up? <laughs> like, Need more information. How did you meet her? Where did you meet her? How did it come about that she's like, I'm Andrea from the song? Or, Are you in Kentucky? Were you walking bridge. down a dirt road? Like, that's that is a whole voicemail in itself, Jen. Come on, <laughs> we this is we we need some more um, follow up. Have you met Kristalina? <laughs> and is she so cool? 
Uh, so that was a conversation that was going down on Twitter today about pop punk and uh, girls and the kinds of songs that pop punk bands uh, write about girls. And it's more kind of in the vein of um, Blink-182 and Danny, who we heard uh, from MXPX Memes, um, was saying that the kind of some of the songs that uh, MXPX sang and that Mike uh, wrote that a lot of the girls were not necessarily objectified or dismissed with the exception of uh, GSF, but it wasn't, it it has its own problematic issues. But Mm. when you think about somebody like Crystalina, it was just a song about a girl that he thought was cool. Like it wasn't like somebody he was trying to bang. Yeah. He said that she wasn't into him, but she still, but he still wanted to be friends with him. She, he still wanted to be friends with her regardless of any relationship potential. Right. She happens to like boys, but not Mike, which I'm still not clear if that means Mike doesn't like boys or Kristalina doesn't like Mike. I think it's the latter. Yeah. I'm a mess. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I thought that was kind of an interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Even in, um, blank songs where they're not just straight up objectifying (laughs) women back in the day, it was still like, I need a girl that I can train. Yes. That's a rough one. But like, you know, his girlfriend brings him tacos late at night and she's just up watching vacation and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Um, still this kind of, this dream girl that doesn't exist and is there to meet all his needs. Yeah. The, uh, the cool girl that like guys want a, it's, it's weird because these are probably the same guys that are, you know, might be, I don't know, maybe, on the homophobic spectrum mm-hmm. and, but at the same time, they essentially want a dude that's a girl that they can have sex with. They want a dude <laughs> right. for, for a relationship. Right. But that dude ha- has to look a certain way. And it uh, has to look like, like a girl. A hot lady. <laughs> he yeah. wants her to pound pizza and beer, but be thin and hot. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that doesn't, it's not a thing. No. I mean, there are... I'm sure there are. <laughs> beautiful it, women who pound beer and pizza. Let's let's not <laughs> discount that notion. But the idea that there's this manic pixie dream girl, yes. cool girl, magic yeah. lady who meets all your needs. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Pop Culture Detective, mm. who we've shouted out on previous episodes um, in our episode where we talked about... Uh, Hufflepuff and masculinity. Um, so he has a video called "Born Sexy Yesterday," right, right? Yeah, where it's essentially this trope where a woman is super naive. Maybe she's an alien. Maybe she, I don't know, was robot, robot, mermaid, she was <laughs> mermaid. Yes, uh, splash whether she was just introduced to the world and whatever situation she 
whatever the first guy she meets, this is like the epitome of all knowledge that she has of anybody. She's going to think he's the smartest, the best guy, and she believes everything he says. And so there's, it's this sort of like naivete that men for some reason find especially sexy, this lack of experience. Right. And like, like almost like a girl that you can train. Yep. You know, that you're, she doesn't know anything. So she I'm will teach her. Yeah, teach her all, all the sexy ways. All she hasn't been ruined by other men. Yeah. And, and she has no self awareness. So, especially in a lot of movies, they're like, there's like, they show the woman, woman like taking off clothes right, right. and like because like, she, whoa, 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 you don't need to do she that. She doesn't know. And so but she's like, so hot. But she's so hot. But boobs. I want to bone her, but she's also sort of my kid student. Yeah, right. <laughs> but like, but compare that with like if a man was like the same way. Right. Would that be anywhere nearly as like what would be appealing to a woman about a in, in an infantilized man who's like, I don't know how to do anything. Like, yeah. but that it's so pervasive. It's right, so, right. it's super weird. Yes. How do we get on this topic? <laughs> Tweets about pop punk girls. Okay. And Kristalina. That's right. You should shout right. out the uh, Blink-155 pods. Blink-155. Latest up. Yeah. So, um, sort of a... Uh, if you haven't checked out Blink-155, it's a... Uh, speaking of Canada... Canadian. Yeah, Canadians. Maybe they're in Saskatchewan, I'm not sure. Uh, they're in they're in two different okay. territories. Oh, right, right. Yeah, they don't. It's weird. They actually, when they first started the pod, they didn't really know each other very well. Oh, interesting. So, um, Still waiting on that crossover. Yeah, still waiting on that crossover app, guys. We'll make that, we'll make that happen. Going from the Gen Mandigo, uh voicemail. We'll go to this one from Danny Stairs. What's up, dudes? Uh, this is your boy, Danny Stairs. I uh, just wondering what you're calling me about of the audio quality when I'm doing 90 on the highway. <laughs> you all want me to focus on my fucking phone messages to you and fucking wreck my car. You want to record me fucking dying, guys? Come on, guys. Whoa, whoa, Have whoa. a heart. Buddy. <laughs> okay. Cool it. So here's the thing. Yeah. So <laughs> we called Danny Stairs out uh, for his poor audio quality in the voice messages, voice messages. He was fairly clear on that one. I'll give, I'll yeah, give him that. Because, because he was he's yelling. Just, yeah. Um, but it's not so much in the car. The ones that I feel like we've had most trouble with have not been like in the car on the Bluetooth, but when he's probably doing the shoulder thing, you know, and he's at home and he's... <laughs> Is that the sound if you want whiskey? <laughs> yeah. It sounded more like Chewbacca. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> um, Chewy, I can barely understand you. Get your act together. So th- there's one thing about this voicemail that is troubling to me. Um, doing 90? Why are you doing 90 <laughs> on the highway excessive. making phone calls, bro? <laughs> I don't like, know how they do it in Ohio, but... Uh, Danny, we're worried about you, bro. <laughs> but, Take care uh, of yourself, dog. <laughs> we don't want you... No, we don't want you getting in an accident. And if... You know, wait till you get to work. That way, you don't die 
because you're going 90 and making phone calls. And we could probably hear you a little bit better. So it's a win-win. You're not dead and we can hear you. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, he has uh, some thoughts on uh, talking when we talked about in the episode, uh, the Let's Rock episode about the the tattoos mm. on the knucks. On the knucks. Hey, boys. Danny Stairs again. Um, so I'm forget about getting Patreon for a Mac pod tattoo. I need to know the level where you're going to get y'all blow tattooed on your ass cheeks. That's the level I'm in at, guys. All right? Magpod for life if you do that. All right. Talk to you later. Hmm. John, what's the... Um... We'll have to discuss. Um, might be like a secret. It's kind of like when you go to... Um, what's the burger chain everybody loves that we don't have here? In and out, in and out, and you yeah. ask for an animal style or whatever. Right, like, it would be the secret Patreon menu that's not published. Like we'll work it out off mic. So this dude, uh, this is what I was looking for. Um, this guy Trizzler PJ, good name on Instagram, was saying that he, he was wondering if if we could get y'all blow. <laughs> on our knucks because that would fit really well. That's a good point. And the apostrophe up there. Yeah. Uh, he said that I, I, I respond that we may need a Kickstarter for this. And he said he'd support that campaign. There's some Def Leopard Pale Ale in it for you if you do. Oh, dang. Yeah. Well, <laughs> getting y'all blood on our knucks would really be a move. Yeah, that, that would That's be. That's a mood, as kids say. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to. Um, but I, speaking of the apostrophe, I want to shout out our, our boy Craig from Australia. <laughs> His only comment was, the missing apostrophe kills me. It's fair. It's fair. It you could have fit one up there it could have been, between the nuts. I don't know. Like, Does this count? This little like fingy line here? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Put a parenthesis in there. It's got to be. Get it right, Harry Nux. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Harry Nux did. You can't. That would be that's fair. That'd be rough. Yeah, you'd have to be seriously nuts. ambidextrous. Well, maybe he is. We don't know much about Harry. No, we don't. Like we know his real name, but <laughs> yeah, we we couldn't look up the the Not interested. <laughs> nope, fail. <laughs> Jen doesn't know him, so I don't care. Yep. I wanted to let's transition to uh, the question of the week. It's the answer. So QOT dubs. QOT dubs. I asked, is there a band or artist or album that you consider to be your guilty pleasure? So, um, shirt size small, girl talks all day. I don't get how is that a guilty pleasure? That's just know. a pleasure. Straight yeah. up. I don't know. I guess there's a lot of naughty words in it sampled from other songs. Um Alex Retro, the Weezer uh, album Ratitude. Um, I've heard that before, that like, it seems like the kind of thing you should just dismiss, but it's actually better than you think. I just remember... Didn't people say that the same thing about Pinkerton? Oh, perhaps, but Ratitude is no Pinkerton. I feel confident about saying that. No, but I mean, like, album cover. The album cover is amazing. <laughs> it's a dog flying through the air. Yep. And Ratitude. It's just, I don't know what's it is, happening. It is an amazing cover. <laughs> um, uh, Nick, po- <laughs> Nick Polk, 
Uh, I listen to the South Park movie soundtrack on the regular. They're great songs. That's pretty amazing. On that movie. Um, Leo, Welcome the Night by the Ataris. A lot of Ataris fans hate that album because it's so different, but I love it. Um, We have our first mention of Taylor Swift, uh, the Red Album. Yeah, I couldn't tell. The like okay, Taylor Swift is not a guilty pleasure for me because she's a genuine pleasure. Yeah, I was not a fan until 1989, which is a very solid record front to back. Can't really speak to the Red Album. I feel like I gave it one listen and I was kind of like meh. So maybe they're saying the Red Album specifically is the guilty pleasure. But if you're saying Tay Tay is guilty, I can't I can't get behind that. I'm fully I'm fully on board the Taylor train. Um, Carly Rae Jepsen or also, the Midnight. Um, also fully on board the Carly okay. train. Yeah, so we have um, uh, Danny Stairs is the only person to leave us a voicemail regarding the question of the week. I was surprised that we didn't get more of more feedback on the question of the week. Come on, guys. But thanks for, uh, thanks for those who uh, participated. Um, but here's Danny Stairs. What's up, you beautiful bastard? <laughs> it's your boy Danny Stairs uh, calling response to the question of the week. Uh, I gotta say, my guilty pleasure, uh, musically, uh, the hopeless romantic in me goes back to some old school T Swift, baby. Yeah. You know, I just uh, sometimes I gotta feel like I'm a 16 year old girl in love or whatever. I guess, but just you know, I hit that mood. I just I just gotta do it. You know, that's it, me. I'm a lover, not a fighter, as you guys well know from when we met. So, mm-hmm. anyhow, Max Pod for. We'll give you a week. I can't can't commit to life yet, but Magpod for a week. <laughs> That's fair. So, um, he is a lover, not a fighter, as we know, because we made sweet, sweet love. <laughs> yes, that's his reference. That's what he's. It's it's from all the intercourse that we had. Oh boy. Um, okay. So I have, I have some takes mm. on this. Are they fiery? Well, maybe. <laughs> Um, flames. So I asked this question curious about whether or not how people would respond. I had a two part point part of the question, but I decided to just leave it to the open to the interpretation of the, um, responder. And, um, I, it's, it took me a while, but I have decided to reject and purge the phrase guilty pleasure from my vocabulary. I support that. Because as you said about Taylor Swift and about some of the other artists. Carly Rae. Carly Rae. If you throw down on some T-Swift or some Carly Rae or Girl Talk or whatever mm-hmm. and you get genuine pleasure from it. Yeah. Fuck feeling guilty about it for whatever reason people think they should feel guilty about it. If you are a, you know, 48-year-old punk rocker and you you throw down on some Taylor Swift 1989, fuck yeah, do it. You know, if you're, you know, a metalhead and you like to get down with some, like, uh, some I don't know easy listening or some jazz or who cares, you know. So there's this idea that 
there are certain kinds of music that are valued more than others. And I, I think that's, I think that's absurd. And I think it's mostly the case with certain kinds of pop music because it's seen as almost like it's disposable. Right, right, yeah. And that it is not at the same level as something else. But yeah, so can pop music be sort of like trite and formulaic? Sure. Are there artists and bands that I don't listen to? Yeah. Am I going to give any energy into caring about that anymore? No. I just don't care. There is this great Patton Oswalt bit um, where he talks about selling out and how that's something that he used to care about a lot right, when right. he was 25. He's like, oh, Creed, Nickelback, right. you know, they only make music for like money and pussy. Do you know that? And, yeah. and he's like, if I could go back and talk to my 25 year old self and be like, do you know what some people in this world do for money and pussy? <laughs> they kill people. Right. They do horrible like war crimes right. for, to make this power, to get, get power. And, and his bit goes, and all Nickelback wanted to do was, Say, look at them there to be, and yes. and they're and he's like, and and if you think about it, they're kind of heroes. Um, heroes. So, like, I used to be a virulent anti-Nickelback guy, <laughs> and I I honestly just don't care anymore. Um. Do I listen to Nickelback? No. Like, but I just don't, what is the point about, it's just, it, it music elitism, it's gotten to a point where it's just like, it feels gross to me. And I think part of it is because, been because of this podcast. And I've just, I've di- discovered how subjective sure. everything is. So, Teenage politics. We love that record. Right. Other people, not so much. Yeah. Some people really, really like Before Everything and After and Secret Weapon. Those are not our jams. And that's fine. Am I going to go to another MXPX fan and try and make an argument for why right. my experience with teenage politics is better? That's a waste of time. And it, it it just won't make any difference because how someone else experienced the band is completely subjective and based on their own life experience. Yeah. So, um, what it, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I agree with all that. I think I feel like there's a difference between a guilty pleasure and a problematic fave, quote unquote. Okay. Like. I think I'm more likely to feel guilty about um, an artist whose life or lyrics I feel uncomfortable with sure. <laughs> than like music itself. Because like we said, 
I was jamming on Carly Rae Jepsen this morning. She's got a new single out. It's oh, great. Damn. Uh, I didn't know that. I was a late convert to Taylor, as we've talked about. Avril Lavigne has a new album. Wow, that's that's a deep cut. Perhaps yeah. it's great. Um, so yeah, I feel no guilt about any of those things. I love pop music, um, but I mean, we've spent plenty of time talking about Kanye. Sure. Who now, by the way, says he made a mistake with any of the Donald Trump stuff. <laughs> Andrew's thrown the middle fingers up. Um, and, uh, I don't buy that for a second. And even Michael Jackson, like sure. one of my, perhaps my favorite entertainer of all time. feel pretty weird about that sometimes. Yeah. Um, I mean that you're right about sort of making the differentiating between guilty pleasures and problematic faves, which kind of goes back to, one of our very early episodes where we talked about separating the artist and the art. Right. And I know that's kind of a separate conversation, but I guess I'm just saying, like, I only feel guilt, really, when I feel like, ooh, I don't know about that or whatever. Yeah. Um, like, uh, a lot of Blink songs, like we were talking about, I would consider I'd consider everything off of, um, let's say, Enemy of the State, Forward, for a couple albums, yeah. kind of guilty pleasures. Because like you were saying, I need a girl that I can train. Not yeah. super great. Not super great. Um, do you know De Antford? <laughs> oh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I've seen them in concert several times. Oh, really? I find them fascinating. Interesting. Uh, for those who don't know, they're a South African Zef, uh, is what they call themselves. Kind of like weird hip-hop. You're not really sure if it's a joke. It's, it's very creepy. <laughs> they wear weird masks and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I'm super into it and I guess I kind of feel like that's a guilty pleasure cause I'm like, I don't really know like what this is about, <laughs> but I'm drawn to it. So therefore yeah. it's a genuine pleasure. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh yeah, fine line, I suppose. Well, I wanted to, one of the reasons this has been on my mind lately and as someone who does, cause you did. I thought you did stuff like writing kind of about music and blogging and stuff about music for a while, didn't you? Sure. Yeah. Back in the day? Yeah. Still now to some extent. Okay. What did you, what what uh public publication was that for? Did you do like the reader or was am I making that up? No, I mean I've written about music for Sojourners and Christian Century and where I work now. And a couple other places. I thought there was some more like companion, perhaps Chicago-based thing that you worked with. Uh, yeah, Tim Mortensen, okay. our buddy from college, had this thing for a while that I cannot remember the name of it now. Okay, but maybe that's what it was. <laughs> okay. Anyway, <laughs> so, um, I bring this up because of Greta Van Fleet. Uh. Are you familiar? Yeah. So Greta Van Fleet is a young uh, rock band from Michigan, and they just released an album um, in the past couple weeks, and it's called Anthem of the Peaceful Army, and uh, I get down with it, and I I think first off they're they're four dudes, three of them are brothers. Um, the ages of the band range, range from 19 to 22. So they're young dudes. And people, I'll say people, I'll say 
um, Pitchfork, uh, Anthony Fantano from The Needle Drop, um, and other publications have written and published scathing reviews of their debut album, completely panning it, just being really, like, brutal about how they're not only are they you know very much influenced by Led Zeppelin and how the lead singer uh has Robert Plant inspired vocals but they're just like saying that they're essentially hacks Hmm. and that they are lifting almost exclusively from Led Zeppelin and all altogether dismissing them as a terrible band. So Pitchfork wrote something pretentious and dismissive. <laughs> oh my god, it's so, so surprising. It's so unbearable. And when I I saw the review when it was posted and this guy Jeremy Larson and he gave it a 1.6. <laughs> Come on. Fuck you. <laughs> um, I, he says, it's stiff, hackneyed, overly precious retro fetishism. So I hope when I grow up, and I'm, and I'm already 34, so I, I sound like I'm a child when I say that, <laughs> when I grow up, but like when I'm older, I hope I'm not as cynical and as dull as people who write these kinds of reviews. Yeah. It it's it's they it opens up with Greta Van Fleet sound like they did weed exactly once, called the cops and tried to record a Led Zeppelin album before they arrested themselves. Did weed? That's weird. Yeah. But word choice. Yeah, I mean Jeremy doesn't sound like he's ever done weed. Um so it it so I'm not here to necessarily defend Greta Van Fleet even though I legitimately like this album and think it's great. Mm-hmm. And I think that they have a career ahead of them as a very very promising rock band. But we also, and I, and I'm not even going to go out and say like, you know, and necessarily defend Led Zeppelin, but, and this might be controversial, but I feel like we need to stop sucking Led Zeppelin's dick for a second. Okay. You know, there's, there is a, I just feel like there's this understanding and this kind of goes back to the whole guilty pleasure about the hierarchy of what is legitimate music and what's not legitimate music. Sure. So some people might say that oh, you know, music, I mean, everybody sounds like their grandfather right. when they's like, "Oh, you know, music 
uh, it, nowadays is you know music was better in the 90s oh music was better in the 60s oh music was better in you know in the you know for the 40s when they were in 50s when it was real rock and roll and when oh music was better in the 20s when jazz and big band it's right. like everybody feel has this sort of feeling that every generation of music is perpetually um, worse. Right. We all know that the nineties are when rock achieved its pinnacle, but <laughs> of course it's fine. Um, but it just sort of, it, it drives me crazy. And I, I, this Rolling Stone article, um, it's called rock and roll's anxiety of influence. It, I would encourage everybody to go check it out, check out the article. Um, and I, so one of the things that they, they point out, um, is that when people, people have this, um, when somebody else can point to and say, oh, this is Led Zeppelin, um, then that it feels like um they're like oh i i know exactly who that is and now it's just a um it's a rip off and they're and so therefore we can easily dismiss it but um for um other bands like they they highlight Nirvana how Nirvana and Kurt Cobain had a very clear influence by the Pixies. Yes. But if if it's more if it's not as overt, it's mm. almost seen as like it's an homage. Right. And therefore if if some it's sort of like back padding where you're like, oh I feel like there's like this pixie influence. Right. If like if if it's you you sort of feel good about this like you're it's like sort of self-congratulatory that you were able to determine the influence. But because if right. it's if it's not obvious, then you're just like, "Oh, it's great." Yeah, yeah. But sure. but, but if it is obvious or you if too many people know if the band that's the influencer is big enough, right. Then it's like Oh fuck those guys! It's they're ripping off whoever. Sure. Yeah. So it's it's this sort of weird double standard. Like, what's the difference between somebody who is if if the band is like, and they go through all these other bands that um, have a very much uh, who have been critiqued and uh, like the Black Crows, who were a were kind of. Um, critiqued for sounding a little bit too much like the Rolling Stones mm-hmm. um, and, you know, other, ba- other whole, whole host of bands that were critiqued for sounding too like, too much like Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so that, but th- all that to say, like Led Zeppelin blatantly ripped off a ton of artists through it in their career and 
uh, didn't even like give the proper credit right. to like who black artists. Yes, <laughs> and they were white dudes. Yes, yeah. Um, and there were and a lot of folk artists and and there have been lawsuits against them. And then then the artists will na- have now been given the proper credit after the fact. So, um, and this is part of why, like, you know, if you do it sort of like, if your influences are like, kind of, it's like under the table that maybe not everybody knows. Right. And, and now everybody can, the way music is and the internet is, everybody can kind of figure it out nowadays, like, it's like, oh, that that sounds like this, but that's also how everybody compares everything. Yeah, it's it's so so you know, like, oh, I this is sort of like a combination between this right. band and this band. That's how everybody, how everybody talks. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's like a like a very obscure band, you're just like. It's it's a self congratulatory thing that you can be like oh I heard I heard this like really small thing that sounds like this and isn't it so aren't I so smart that I was able to pick up that thing and it's like I guess but I don't know it it it's becoming relatively unbearable to me <laughs> yeah that. that Every single record needs to be dissected. Sure. And uh, and why can't I throw on Greta Van Fleet and be like, hey, man, this is, yeah. I dig it. Maybe they are super influenced by Led Zeppelin. I, I don't, it, yeah. I don't really care because also they... They talked about a whole bunch of other blues right. records that they were influenced by. Elton John is really into Greta Van Fleet. Interesting. So he actually like played a show with him. So I don't know. It, is this? Yeah. Am I am I off base? No, I here? I am totally with you. It's interesting. I don't know Greta Van Fleet super well, but I did not know that they'd been attacked like that in um, a big way. It's interesting. I mean, I was an aspiring and I guess remain an aspiring critic for a long time. Uh, You know, I wanted to do film criticism and music criticism and I have had stuff published related to those fields. And I eventually kind of accepted like those are very, (laughs) it's a dying industry within a dying industry. Um, There's not a lot out there for that. And so I, I, you know, engage with it when I can, but I will say like, most people get into criticism because they love whatever the stuff is that they're talking about, whether it's music or film or food or whatever. And like, I don't think that people get into it to write shitty reviews. Um, but there's this great, I actually think the movie Ratatouille has a very thoughtful take on criticism. (laughs) Anton Ego, the restaurant critic in the end, the whole movie kind of like, um, Will you judge me if I've never seen Ratatouille? I will not, but Pat Oswalt, your boy, oh, I love signed Patton. my copy of Ratatouille because he does the voice of the rat in it. So. Oh, because you saw him 
Yeah, I've seen him a couple recent. times. He um, also when I was working at the AV Club, he came through there a couple times, and that's that's fine. that's, the, that's no, what that's I was what thinking. You're talking about, I was thinking yeah. about the AV Club. I never got anything. I never got any real reviews published there. Just like news stories and stuff. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, anyway, the point of that movie is kind of like he's got this whole great monologue about how it's fun to write really mean reviews and there's clicks there and stuff, which I think is still a thing. But like, I do think people get into it for the love of it. I think Pitchfork was kind of like a joke for a while because they had this idea of being these tastemakers and they were notorious for writing these really bad reviews. But I do know folks there too. And there's a lot of great writers there and they write a lot of really good reviews. So yeah, I just think to your point about like, there was kind of this like circle of critics, especially at places like Rolling Stone, where it was like white dudes of a certain background Mm -hmm. and Led Zeppelin came up (laughs) and Rolling Stones constantly interviews. And I think that's blown out a little now where it's like, there are more kinds of people writing. There are more mediums for that writing. And even I think it speaks to like music distribution a little bit because it used to be this kind of coveted, thing and like you know for better or for worse we'd we'd find records like i remember buying albums without having listened to them based on the right. description of a review and being like well i can't listen to it but i'm gonna buy it and take the risk and sometimes that would really pay off so i'm grateful for that but there was also a lot of like yeah this inner circle of like we decide the bands we decide what's cool and i feel like that has blown up to some extent um right but i think you're right that 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 remains where it's just like yeah, there's always going to be guys who want to write about Led Zeppelin. And um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's a complicated thing, criticism. Um, most people are, are just trying to write about stuff that they're really passionate about, but it's very easy to fall in traps of like what it looks like to be, you know, a journalist about an art form. Like inevitably the the traps come with that of like putting people into boxes and writing to be funny and pithy instead of like yeah. what what really excites you so yeah anyway no i i i i'm 100% on board with that i don't know i to to just eviscerate a band it almost it just almost feels you know unnecessary yeah because if you're if you're making if you're make if most of your of your review is just shitting all over the band and not yeah. necessarily about the album, yeah, the music itself, right? You know, it's just like, yeah, you had a narrative you wanted to drive here. Yeah, uh, here's time for the David Bazan corner, real quick. Okay, let's hit it. He's got an entire song dedicated to one particular Pitchfork reviewer. Does he? <laughs> this is Ryan Schreiber who started Pitchfork, but they are notoriously like. They would just shit on Pedro and the early Bazan solo stuff because they were just like, "Ooh, he's a Christian guy," and like, Fuck so that. Bazan's first solo EP, he's got a whole song about <laughs> like how much he hates what they're doing. <laughs> um, and since then, I think they've sort of they've written nicer things since then. But um, that's the that's the David Bazan corner. He's got very specific opinions about <laughs> Pitchfork. Well, um, they don't, yeah, they probably started shifting how they write about him after he changed his theology, which is 
super transparent. Yeah. You know, um, so here's, here's a question about, you know, actually before I get to that, I want, I just want to say one more thing about, I don't know if I said this earlier when I was talking about Nickelback, but so Nickelback seem is just like this band that seems to be just the band that everybody loves to hate. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that I f- appreciate about them is that they seem to have a sense of humor about it. Sure. They know still around. Yeah. Okay. They know people hate them. <laughs> and, um, so in one of the more, more recent Jimmy Kimmel, you know how Jimmy Kimmel does the mean tweets. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody, they Nickelback was on there and they said, uh, the, one of the tweets was like, I would rather, stab myself in the taint than listen to a Nickelback song. Okay. And Chad Kroger said, that's funny. That's actually how we make Nickelback songs. <laughs> and that's pretty good. I'm like, good job, Chad. Yeah. So like, I thought that was, they, they seem to not give a shit probably because they're just like sleeping on piles of money. <laughs> yeah. They're doing all right. And, people buy their albums so who cares um i don't know so i i just don't want to give there's already enough things in the world to be upset about yeah nickelback doesn't need to be one of them that's fair uh greta van fleet doesn't need to be one of them yeah i would so much rather put my energy toward like any literally anything else right yeah it does seem it does seem kind of weird to be like it's a little derivative of classic rock when like we're sending the military down to kill immigrants (laughs) (laughs) yeah anyway not not that that's kind of a false equivalence but you know what i'm saying i know what you're saying that but also like who cares about classic rock? Right. It seems it's like like one generation who lived through it, mm-hmm. and then everybody else pretending to care. Sounds like baby boomers across the board about any number of things. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yo, there are millennials and they're living in their parents' basements and whatever. They're not living their best life. No, they're <laughs> not. The voice sounded a little like that. so. Like, here's here's my final thing I'll say about this. So these guys are playing in a band. They're making music. If it's bringing them joy, yeah, good. Yeah. What is what is the problem? So they're making music that somebody might, you know, say they're hacks or it's derivative. But if it's bringing millions of people joy, good. Yeah. That is good. You know, like Pete Holmes has this joke about like, um, you know, he's a, he's an, he calls him, he's a, Pete Holmes is a comedian. He has this, you know, he's an, what he calls an easy laugh. And some people are like critique people who are easy laughs Mm -hmm. or whatever. And, but he's also a loud laugher. 
And so he has this thing joke about like when you know people say you know oh you're laughing too loud or you're really loud can you stop laughing it's like that that sound you make when you're experiencing <laughs> joy can yeah. you stop doing that right right you know like <laughs> something is bringing the there's something's making music and like and it's bringing someone joy like i'm not going to be like stop stop being happy <laughs> yeah I give yeah. your joy a 1.6. <laughs> fuck. Yeah, fuck you, pitchfork. Um, it's, it's it's almost like you go, you can almost see this with almost any review kind of thing. Almost inevitably, you go to Rotten Tomatoes. Sure. And the critic and audience scores are almost always inverse. Yeah, yeah. Because the audience, has, the audience is like, yeah, I like this movie. And some people might, the critics like, mm, I do declare, the, the, I can see the very clear influences of this, like, bro, not Boring. ever, not ever, like, I do, I'm not, not trying to dismiss sure. the very clear importance of historical context yeah. with the critiques of art, literature, film, whatever, that that is that's relevant um but keeping in mind 99% of people are not going into a film or putting on an album or reading a book with a phd level of knowledge right. about a hyper specific topic this gets back to our boy the rolling stone guy who wrote about dev leopard <laughs> And I right. think you're you're arguing against yourself here a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Because he was just like, these dudes just want to rock five stars. <laughs> four stars. <laughs> four stars. And, uh, yeah, I think there's... Am I playing chess against myself here? <laughs> I think criticism has an important role to play within art, like you're saying, in the sense of, sorting, of sort of providing context and being historians and... Um, and having a back and forth conversation between the makers and the commentators. But yes, when it gets down to the level of like good or not. And like, that just kind of misses the fuck this 19 year old kid <laughs> right, from yeah. Michigan. Yeah. yeah. Nice try. Asshole. <laughs> um, I mean, I would, I would encourage like, okay, so maybe Greta Van Fleet isn't going to be everybody's jam and maybe somebody's going to be like, Oh, it's, but I don't know. I honestly, when I listen to Greta Van Fleet, I don't entirely hear um, Led Zeppelin as much as I as I hear Rush. Hmm. I hear more Getty Lee in his voice than I do. Is it super high? It's very high. <laughs> and also Rush, another another one of those bands that guilty pleasure. No, I'm not guilty pleasure. A band. Straight I was gonna up say, pleasure. Straight up pleasure. Because I like prog rock. I know prog rock Amen. is one of those things that people are like, whatever. They don't want to listen to nine minute songs. <laughs> those bass lines, though. But I listen to Neil Peart, bro. Yeah, man. Um, you know, I listen to progressive metal. I li- I lo- Between the Buried and Me is one of my favorite bands of all time. I'll listen to a 13 minute metal song yeah, with man. overtures of like. Tool. Yeah, like why not? It's I'm into it. Not every band needs to write a you know two and a half minute, three minute uh, song for the radio. Music 
can be, you know, can move people in different ways. And yeah, Rush might not be, you know, shout out to Canada again. Yeah, that's um, right. Canada really dominating the set. Yeah. <laughs> This is our this is our Canada app. Shout out to Saskatchewan. I'm not exactly exactly sure where Rush is from, but yeah. um, if only there was some sort of device. Um, but I'll just vamp about Getty Lee. <laughs> I uh, mean, like, yeah. What I will say is, if you, I mean, a, I think it's time for MXPX's 13 minute metal, uh, <laughs> prog rock. Toronto. Epic. They're from Toronto. Toronto. Okay. Okay. Holy shit! They've. <laughs> They they originated in 1968. Wow! Holy That's shit! Than I wow! Um, They've been around for so long. It's been a while. It's been a while. Um, in closing, since Galilee, <laughs> I don't think the nickel pot is coming anytime soon. No. However, if that's your thing, go crazy. Chat it up. <laughs> Look at this photo pod. <laughs> that's good. Pod, podograph? No. Podograph. That's that, like what I give out as an autograph. <laughs> no, I do think, look at this podograph. That's better. <laughs> Every oh, time boy. I do it makes me laugh. <laughs> well, if you have thoughts about Rush or <laughs> uh, Nickelback or, you know, criticism and the kind of stuff we're talking about, let Guilty us know. Guilty pleasures. Yeah. Yeah. Email us. Give us a voicemail. Yeah, 872-762-4763. Mm-hmm. Is that right? That's right. I did that off the dome. Boom. That's Nailed a 727 it. Magpod. Boom. This is, we're we're plugging like this is the end of the show. I know, I'm just saying. We need, give us, give us your voicemails. Yeah. Give, give us, us your emails. Give us your voice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> give us this. your skin. I think that's as good a place to close out this segment as any. You think so? As we always say, give us your skin. And <laughs> in a little bit, we're going to be talking about uh, the self-titled MXPX album. Oh, shit. Number John. 10. We have... AKA, give us your skin. That's what I've always called it. <laughs> that was the original title. That was the original title. Um, yeah, so when we come back, we'll be talking about that self-titled wreck. This is... And we're also going to be giving our official top 10 oh, yeah. MXPX records. Albums. It's a big one. It's a big one. That's what she said. <laughs> Boom. Nailed it. Also what she said. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm chewing a starburst into the microphone. That's right. Stealing my kids' Halloween candy because you're smart. Yep. This is a terrible idea to do. <laughs> I think it's Pardon. great. People love the sound of chewing. <laughs> yeah. So we're talking the um, subtitled. John, you're gonna have to vamp while I. I haven't had a Starburst in probably like 15 years. Wow, really? When you think about it, the self-titled record is a lot like a red Starburst. I'm listening. It had a few yellows in there, maybe a couple pinks, but then... (laughs) Pink is my jam. I know, I'm just saying, but it's not up to red, is it? (laughs) 
I don't know. I might have to steal more of your kids' candies to find <laughs> to find um, the red or pinks. And because uh, I opened one and I got an orange and a yellow. Yeah, that's a bummer. That was a bummer. It's kind of like the last few MXPX albums, <laughs> and then you get to a red one, and you're just like, "Damn, where's the Starbers been?" Okay, good so intro. Can, <laughs> nailed it. So can I? Um, okay, we're gonna talk about our top ten records, but yeah, we are. We're going to wait until we discuss this album first. Hang on until the very end, people. Yep. Um, So it's weird because this album is so strong. Yeah. Um, It's rolling rolling strong. And it's like I haven't had as hard of a time picking a top three Right. As I have maybe since, like, like I would I would put this in a similar category as life in general, in that there isn't like there isn't a life in general song that I would say is like on par with anything like um, Secret Weapon, where you're just like. Oh boy. <laughs> there isn't riff raff on yeah. this record. There's not lyrics where I'm just like, oh right. boy. You know, like this album It's not a guilty pleasure. No, this is a straight up pledge. <laughs> I give it a one point six, I'd say. It's my highest <laughs> highest I can go. Yeah, it's a C you know, C minus. <laughs> yep. Um it's so do we want to get into some of those uh some of those deets about the or do you want to share some more about do we want to okay so we have the episode with our first impressions we have that but i was going to say we have our episode with um bremerton bry yes aka brian buchelt <laughs> coming out next week yeah where we talk about some of our first experiences with mm. this record because um, it was the our first experience was the music video for um, let's, let's ride. ride. Yep, and I mean that was that was our first. What am I saying? Introduction, I guess, yeah. to this new to the new stuff to the new stuff then you know, the six years since the last record. And, um, I mean, I talked about it a little bit on the Brian episode. What do you, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. And we talked about this after we first saw the video, but yeah, it had been six years. since Yellow starburst. Not the best. Terrible. Yeah. 1.6. Yeah. (laughs) Um, This is the Greta Van Fleet of starburst. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, it had been six years since the last record, but also it had been like, I don't know, 15 years since I'd really been paying close attention to MXPX. Um, what was, did you buy Panic? What was the last? No, no. I mean, Panic, I was vaguely aware of. I think I said I had it on my computer and I like listened through once and wasn't really ready to receive it. Um, but so there was a lot hinging on <laughs> what this new <laughs> MXPX was going to sound like considering we were just starting this big project and i think we were both pretty like not just relieved but kind of blown away at yeah 
the video, at the song, at kind of the style of what they were doing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that, uh, yeah, yeah we'll man. get into that. Tears were falling out of my face, bro. <laughs> Straight out of there. <laughs> Straight out of my face. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that later yeah. and then also in the Brian episode. But, yeah, we, we did share our immediate thoughts um, right after the record came out. Yep. And like they, within the first 24 hours. Yeah, we did. Because um, that's what good podcasters do. And I feel like pretty comfortable with most of the stuff I said there, I think. Um, but I will say that it's only improved with time for yes. me. Yes. Um, yes. Some of the stuff that I wasn't as on board with, I've gotten on board with. Some of the stuff has switched around for me since then. Um, but it feels very much like these songs are part of the MXPX pantheon now. Like they're yeah. not, they don't fit in there strangely. They make a lot of sense. Um, and there are some of the songs that like um, live, I am very excited to see. Like they're, some of the songs that I, some of my top, my top three songs um, are are not the songs that I'm most excited about seeing live. Yeah, I agree there's, with that. There's some songs that I'm just like, I really want to see Yuri do this drum part. <laughs> just going to town. And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I had a hard time with my top three. I mean, I pretty easily chose my top three however um and one of the reasons i was saying like i haven't had as hard of a time since like maybe life in general or um you know is because i felt like there was an argument that could be made for a lot of the songs about why i feel like that's worthy of a top three sure um but there were numerous factors that I that were in play for me for my top three aside from just the song. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, the the three that I named as my favorite when we did our immediate reaction are still my top three. I don't even remember. Um, we didn't even do like an official top three, but I just said like, well, I don't want to give it away, but I said that I knew my top three pretty easily. Um, and that hasn't changed, but the order has changed a little bit for me. Interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. I said at the time that it was at least tied with Panic for my favorite music they'd put out in 20 years. It's you, interesting because that almost aligns pretty <laughs> much with my top 10, yeah, dog. I don't want to give it away. I don't want to blow my load right here at the top. <laughs> Hold it in. But I do want to <laughs> say, I I mean, whatever. I mean, I'll give a quick... It's, it's no fap November, bro. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing, I guess. Um the thing that I kind of came to the conclusion to without giving away what I'm going to say later is basically like overall this might be tighter as a complete package, the self-titled, self-titled record, but the highs of panic are still higher for me. So I'll just say that. But for a band 26 years into their career right. <laughs> to put out a record that makes my way into the top handful of records is pretty good so yeah well done dudes yes yeah it's and and here's and this is something that i said and i'll probably repeat this once we do our album ranking um in the 26 years as a band 
of all of the music that they've put out, um, from to have just a couple records that I'm not Pretty really good. sold on. Yeah, and even is, those, like I like a decent even, amount. Of. Even though, like, here's the thing: like, we're gonna when we do the top ten, something has to be eight. That right. doesn't mean I don't like yeah, it, yeah, yeah. you know? <clears throat> yeah. Typically what it means it, for me is I'm going to throw on an MXPX record, and this is the likelihood of me throwing on the record. Yeah. Not necessarily because I think one of the albums is bad or I don't like it. Just, you know, it's it's uh, I, I prefer certain songs more. But, sure. Um, so let's, uh, let's talk, let's talk the production of this bad boy. We produced it with our money. We did. (laughs) Um, John, you produced a kick-ass record. (laughs) I produced that Hornsey P for sure. Yeah, you did. (laughs) So, um, Casey Bates, bro. Casey Batesy? Casey Batesy. That's what I call him. Good old, good old, he's the... I'm not. I'm not gonna do it. Um, Casey, so, Casey, we salute you, sir. So, um, your first name and last name sound alike. Casey Batesy. Uh, so, Casey, I I wasn't familiar with him by name, um, but he has worked with um, a lot more, like. He hasn't done like a lot of punk bands. He's but he's like for a majority of the career he's worked with uh Portugal the Man. Oh, interesting. That's like one of his like very consistent bands that he's worked with. Mm-hmm. Pierce the Veil, Chiodos, Fall of Troy. Uh and then he, he also worked out on the cover too. Wow. I knew uh, I recognized his name. Yeah, I I don't I think it just didn't connect until i was like um was researching this i was like oh Mm -hmm. that's right but um i think in terms of production quality this might be one of the best sounding mxpx records i think that's true since ever ever i mean it could be one of the best sounding records that they've ever done and this is not, you know, of course, John and I are proper moonheads. Sure. Um, and we... we <laughs> it's know, a Bob Moon shout out for anybody who might yeah, not yeah. immediately understand. Yes. Yeah, so Bob Moon, who did, worked, did some early stuff specifically. He did um, Teenage greatest Politics. Album of all time. With the greatest <laughs> punk album ever recorded. Just album. Um, Except for Adrenalize. <laughs> Yep. Um, okay. Sorry. Who who produced Adrenalize? Uh, Mike Ex- Epstein. Mike Epstein. We're, no, I have no idea. We're gonna. We need to fact check that shit. Um, and be. What if? I don't know. Who is Mike Epstein? He sounds like a dude. A, I mean, classic one, Epstein one, joint. What one hundred percent? There's a dude named Mike Epstein somewhere. Um, but so. Casey Bates recorded, engineered, mixed it, and Jake Long and Trey Milburn um, also 
uh, were assisting on this. They did it at Monkey Trench um, in Bremerton. And um, I'm just, I, I think it's just so, it's so consistent. Yeah. The, everything sounds, um, everything sounds amazing. And I'm just gonna, do you want some more candy? Of course. I mean, here, I was wanting to Google, do, use the Googler. Um, so. Mike Epstein is a famous baseball player, by the way. <laughs> I think that information was in my head somewhere. Okay, nice. Uh, what? Who did he play for? He played for a bunch of teams, but his nickname was Super Jew, so that's a thing. <laughs> totally. That's, uh. I, hope, I hope that was given by, you know, somebody lovingly <laughs> and, not, and I, not like some sort of derogatory. Right. Um, I'm going to eat some nerds. Yeah, you are. So, um, Steve Kravak. Kravak back. Uh, yeah, we got to get Kravak back. Speaking of Canada. Uh, yeah. I think he's from the Sketch. No, he's from the BC. Uh. Um, shout out to, um, Canada, this episode. Yeah. Love you guys. Um, you want are, to move to you. yeah, we want, we want to be inside you. <laughs> I want your skin. <laughs> Give us your skin. <laughs> um, uh, you know, like I'm not saying like Steve Kravak is, is a boss. Um, and I'd be interested interested to see what he has. Uh, I haven't really listened to what anything that he's done lately. Um, but you know, at Hell's Half Acre or anything like mm-hmm. that. But Man. I don't know. I just think that this album sounds fucking tight. Sounds really it's, good. It's it's an it's not a it's a no frills. It is not those frills out of here. Get the those frills the fuck out of here. This is not a secret weapon. Speaking um, of which, do you know who has a brand new record out today? Um, the boy, our, our boy, the man, the sprinkle, the legend, the man, the sprink, <laughs> Aaron Sprinkle's new band, which I cannot remember the name of, um, has an EP out today. Something beaches Luna something Lunar. What is it? <laughs> What is what does he do? We'll never know. There's no way. There's to no. Talk. There's no way to figure this out. <laughs> um, yeah, he. So, um, Aaron Sprinkle. We want to get him on the pod. Um, we don't want him to listen to any of our episodes. We specifically refuse to have. <laughs> please don't listen to the Poconatcha episode. No. Just don't listen to any. Just don't listen. <laughs> don't listen to anything. Uh, Luna Wave is Luna his Wave. band, and that you should listen to. Yes. I haven't yet, but I'm um, sure it's great. And speaking of bands related to um, people that we're talking about, um, Northwind. Right. It's another, it's uh, Jake Long and Trey Milburn, who, and some other dudes. Producers on the record. Producers on the record. I'm not sure the other guys, uh, especially who they are, but um, yeah, I think they just have a a new a new record out. Dark Lakes. Yep. Check them out. So sounds really good. Yep. 
some of the things that we said on our first impressions were that the drum sound was great, which remains the case. The drum sound incredible on this record. Yep. Um, it's a very guitar-heavy record. Yeah. Very riffy, which I'm very into. I'm, yeah, it's, it's one of the things that I um, like about there is a... The mid-2000s are not strong for my dudes. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, there's some... I mean, I... Panic? Panic is is the jam. That's true. There are... I, I was listening to... So, preparing for my top ten, I started listening to some of these records. Mm-hmm. Like, my top five records, just to kind of help sort it out. Sure. And... I just found myself in my office. I get to my office earlier than anybody else. And so I'm in I'm in the office uh by myself for maybe like um depending on the day, it could be like an hour, an hour and a half before anybody else gets there. So I get there and I'm like making my coffee and getting making crushing those spreadsheets. Crushing those spreadsheets. Um analyzing that data like a boss. <laughs> and and I was listening to Panic, and I'm just like in the kitchen, just like in the goddamn refrigerator. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, and I'm just, I'm just shredding, and I'm like, and I have like one of my earbuds in, have one of them out, and I'm like doing the harmonies and whatever, and I'm just like feeling it. Uh, Nobody walked in and no felt it. No, with you. What? <laughs> the song. Oh, oh, the song. Yep. Um, not the song, but, <laughs> okay. okay. Um, yeah, just, just me in the kitchen. I'm in the kitchen. Uh, yeah. So there are some solid ass riffs yeah. on this record that I, I'm excited about and I'm finding myself, there are some really great harmonies and it's such a hooky album. Mm-hmm. Harmony hooky mm-hmm. that I you know that's one of the things that I use as a as a met as a metric sure. to judge a song. Sometimes it's like, am I is yeah. it is you it find a, that harmony, bro? Find the harmony, find the harms, and I'm harming it, man. Um, <laughs> straight harming it. Straight harming it, and it's harmcore. And it's, it's, yeah. So I, there are some of the songs on here where I'm like, songs that didn't make my top three, yeah. that I'm still like, fucking a jam, bro. Yep. It's a jam, bro. <laughs> Totes. Totes a jam. Totes a jam. Um, Tote, I'm, I'm all about that a brief. Totes, <laughs> Totes a briefs. There's a, there's still no Wikipedia entry for this album. What the, so yeah. Come on, PXPX Nation. Yeah. Where's, I, I, I've tried to do um, the wiki entries before, and, and I've kind of blown it. Mm. Uh, and it, it is surprising. PX Chris, where are you at, bro? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so. I guess we could try it. There's some PXer out there who has got the skills to to do this. Yeah. there. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at our boy, Danny Leary. Yeah. Come He's, on, Dan. He he can probably you can pull it off. He can pull it off. I don't. I don't. I do. I work in Excel. I don't do. <laughs> you excel in Excel. I don't. I don't do anything with um, 
you know, whatever you call this program. Like, sure. I don't know. The back end. Yeah. I'm, I'm at the back end (laughs) at all. Yeah. Like that, that sort of stuff is, you know, I, when I have some people on my team, when we are going over stuff and when they're manipulating, it's like they're Neo from the Matrix. You just see like plug in, just coding, just all the coding and stuff, and all the they're just like, like what is happening right now? It's probably what they think when they see you slinging those spreadsheets, <laughs> slinging those sheets. <laughs> they always say you're a you're a freak in the sheets. I am. Yeah, I'm like. How many uh, how many cells my? You want me to? You want me to sort those? Plug my formula in there. Oh boy! Hey, let's talk about this record. Let's talk about the record. Um, do you have any have any other? I don't. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean. um, mean. Um, um, So hit us up on Instagram, hit (laughs) Gmail, magnifypodgmail.com. Um, yeah, we're done. No, I think one of the other things we said, this is the last time I'll refer back to our other episode, is that, you know, the sense of, of gratitude and of being present is just so pervasive on this record. And, um, that's nice after hearing (laughs) some of the stuff recently that we've been listening to where it's just like, this dude is, he's in a dark place. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's funny though, because in a way that you call me out for my Rolling Stone, article for Def Leppard, you also said you're you're down with dark MXPX. It's true. Um, I think I generally mean dark musically, which this generally isn't. Um, but I really like the... It's... Yeah, I don't know that there's... Um, it's a mature record. Um, and I think I want mature MXPX right now. I don't know if I need a... I don't know if dark MXPX is mature MXPX. So, so here's here's a here's a. Um, um, I will agree with that in terms of when I think of mature, I think Mike talking about th- things that he's experiencing now. Freezing balls. Y- yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Talking about talking about his sack. Right. No, that you know, Mike is talking about Holly. Yeah. He's talking about Rhodes and Sailor. He's not writing songs about like um lost loves that cuz right. th- he's written some albums when he's cuz he's been married for 17 years and he's written some songs about like hard times in love when he's like definitely been married. Right. You know where um, I'm thinking about, and maybe he wrote those songs, before, you know, pre Holly or whatever. But um, you think about some of the songs and before everything and after, and Panic, and uh, and like the Let's Rock stuff, like you know, the, like that's I let's 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 talk about the real stuff, you know. And I think that's one of the reasons this album resonates with me. Yeah, is it's not. It's talking about actual experiences, actual life, actual, um, 
it's 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 real it feels real to me it's not it doesn't feel like he's projecting or telling a story right yeah i agree with that yep and i like it (laughs) uh you can find us on (laughs) itunes um okay let's do this let's do this um let's let's hit up that rolling strong Ooh. Track number I'm, one. I'm a hundred percent gonna knock this whiskey over. <laughs> so just let me know. It's gonna be a great moment when you need it. Mo- it'll be moments like this <laughs> that I'm gonna miss when, when I ruin my computer and it's destroyed. <laughs> oh shit! Where are we right now? Ooh, oh shit! Oh my god! Fuzzy bass fill. Ooh, fill me with that with bass. Seed back side. What a great song. Oh, wait. We're so low and strong. At least we're living. We're still rolling on. Should we just do the whole song? Yes. This song kicks so it's much so fucking good. ass. It's my number two. It is my <laughs> number three. Okay. So what I said when we first listened was that it was my number one. Okay. And I got to say, just listening back, I was like, is this my number one? It This, I could make an argument for why this, this, I, I listened to this album twice on the way over here. Yeah. Because it's. 31 minutes <laughs> takes me just about an hour to get here. Sure. Um, and I could make an argument for this song being number one easily. Yeah. Easily. Um, yeah. But it, so this song has, it could be argued that this has some of Mike's most solid bass work. That's pretty good. It's, it is a badass baseline. Yeah. It just listen just <laughs> listening just listen to again. just the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I think before I said it was like kind of that rancidy, that cascading up and down the yeah. baseline, which I am. Yeah, Maxwell murder. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, I love the baseline. I love how fast it is. I think when I initially said that this was my number one, it was because this one's a little dirtier. It's a little mm-hmm. grittier. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I wanted out of the album. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I came to a place of acceptance about what my actual number one is, and we'll get there. Interesting. Um, but it's such a great opener. It's. Um, I I don't think I would want any other song as an no. opener. I know there was some discussion in the MXPX Facebook group about what another opener would be, and I think 2020 hindsight seemed to be a popular but suggestion, ne- which but would work, we'll, but this is No, better. I don't think it would work. Because you are wrong. Because going knowing what we know now about it, sure. It and I feel like the placement of twenty twenty hindsight almost in the middle of the album, yeah, um, works as like if well okay we'll get to twenty twenty hindsight, yeah, yeah, yeah. but um, the can we also talk about the breakdown? It's pretty great. Burner, burner, burner. It's so fun. <laughs> so great. Pretty great. Pretty great. Really, really great. Um, really, really. <laughs> <laughs> the video is also really, really great. It is. Our boy Thomas Dutton. He's not actually our boy. I don't know him at all. But <laughs> we've never met him for creating this video and some other videos for this record. Yeah. Um, um, so the, the, I want to talk about the video for a second. Um, I don't know anything about, and you, when, when our interview with Brian Bouchel, we talked specifically about the videos he did. Um, but the so Thomas Dutton did a. Um, he did the first three music videos for the first three songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I, it's such a manic looking video yeah. because at the same time that it's sped up and everything looks sort of like jerky and right. fast, they're singing in real time. Right. Uh, and I'm sure it's probably some easy sort of camera thing that they did but i don't it, know what it is i don't know what it is but it looks really cool and everything just looks super like jerky and jerky and energetic yeah. and that is what for the song that's just two minutes and 20 seconds it it you feel like from the beginning to the end yeah. you're like spazzing out the whole time and, it, and it's awesome agreed um oh shit all of it We could just so easily listen to the entirety of all these songs. It wouldn't take long. No. Um, 
This is a top three contender for me. What? Didn't make the cut. Number two. Wow. All right. All right. I'm into it. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm walking out right now. (laughs) It's a good one. It's in the top five for sure. Um, what? What? Drew's disgusted is, with me. I'm. It's a one point six, dude. I told it's, you. It's good. It's such an earworm. It is an earworm. So are some it's, other ones. Yes, I'm. I am actually <laughs> shocked. <laughs> I told you what my three favorites were on the last time we talked I about don't, this record, <laughs> which was like four months it was a while ago. ago. Uh, it's been a while. Um, it's been a while. But I think. This is reflective again of that sort of mature MXPX that I was excited to hear. Um, Not enough for you to uh, enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, no, it sucks. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's great. I, I, I retract I'm... the previous segment where I talked about music being subjective. John is wrong. This objectively is wrong. Um, yeah, I don't know. What are you? What? Why is it your number two? Um, it's. I so not only is it earwormy AF, but the story behind the song is cute AF. Yeah, why don't you tell that story? Well, um, apparently, I think it was a it's a sailor story. Mike's yeah. daughter Sailor um, asked or like said to Mike, like, "Daddy, do you know how much I love you?" or something. And he said, "How much?" And she said, "All of it," Aww. which is like. I don't have kids, but if I had kids, like, I would probably just, like, start punching things over how cute that is. Yeah, the other night, uh, my kid said he loved me more than the moon and all the stars. <laughs> and I was like, that's that's the cutest thing possible. <laughs> that's really precious. Um, so I think that's just really, that's really cute and adorable. <laughs> to go to go from some of like the like super emo like Mike's emo corner songs to yeah. be like I'm writing a song about how my daughter said she loves me all of it yeah that's just like yeah it does something to the heart and totally. for you to like for someone to not like this song they just have to be like a heartless piece of shit just oh saying. my goodness <laughs> um, yeah that was another thing we defend talked about. yourself. <laughs> That was another thing we talked about before is that he manages to be sincere without being cheesy throughout yeah, the record. That, that's he nails the like in some of the songs on previous records that I think I think what I like about this is the specificity. Um it it feels like he's uh, that there, like you said, there's a the sincerity, there's an earnestness, earnestness. Um, <laughs> yep. Um, that he's talking about his kids, he's talking about his wife, and um, that you know, some a song like Wrecking Hotel Rooms, which is a jam. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> sure. But, like, the songs on this record are just, to me, feel so much more grounded. Yeah. And I feel I feel connected to them, and I feel emotionally connected to them. Yes. And the... So, 
technically this is a one of the, I think one of the lyric music videos. Yeah, it's kind of a half lyric but, video. But it's a half lyric video and I love all of the throwback images on mm-hmm. the posters from the on the cover and the life in general and all the PX punk stuff. Yeah, the band is kind of walking around putting flyers up on telephone poles. Yeah. And am I mistaken or is Chris not in this video? I don't think he's in it. That that felt a little weird. He knows what he did. <laughs> um Yeah, this was uh Tommy Dutton production. Yeah, Tommy D. <laughs> Once again. Tommy D production. I don't know what so, his problem is with Chris, but uh he, Yeah, I mean we did talk we talked a lot. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. And he's like oh, that's oh, such a piece of shit. Um, can I? So can I? Um, I feel like I owe Dana this. Okay. That when she hears this song, she wishes there was some sort of reciprocation. Hmm. That you know, how much of my love do you think I need? All of it. So. Mike how much is, do I give you? Yeah. How much of, of my love? How much of my love? Do I give, give to you? Yeah, it's like some sort of... Something like, like that. Sure. Do you think I'll give all of it? Sure. Or something. Dana's like... Wa- Dana was saying she wanted the other part to be like, I'm going to reciprocate the yeah. love back. Sure. I so I, I am going to take your love, all of it, <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to take all that love, and I'm going to... But, but I, I was saying to her that throughout this album, Mike is like, I'm gonna, gonna break his neck. Break his neck. He's gonna bleed. He's gonna do everything. Listen, maybe his love language is acts of service. I think uh, that's I think that's very clearly what it is. Um so I just I just felt like I wanted to call that out. That's interesting. That that as as a non MXPX fan. Yeah. I'm not not that Dana's dislikes but like she's vicariously has heard all of my all of it she's heard all she's literally heard all of it yeah um but i think she was that as somebody who's just like a passive listener like that's that was something that she noticed it was like oh maybe what well how is he going to return the love but i think if you listen to the remainder of the album and kind of listen, uh, read all the lyrics, you kind of like get the sense that, as you said, the service, the um, working his ass off sure. for his family is how he how he does it. But I'll still call him out next time we see him for it. <laughs> hey, so Mike, um, specifically, fuck you. Um, and no, um, Mike is. Our dog, our bro. Mm-hmm. Um, and hey, John, just quick question uh-huh. for us for scheduling purposes. Do uh-huh. you know what's? Do you know what today is? I think is it is Friday tonight. I think so. Ooh. Twirling sticks right here. <laughs> Stay alive! <laughs> How did my head not set 
single time. I'm in the kitchen, you're in the kitchen, in the goddamn refrigerator. I've always loved that line. I say it every time, like tonight. It's Friday tonight. How old would you be, John? <laughs> I do routinely forget how old I am now, actually. <laughs> 36, 35, somewhere in there. Mid-30s. Uh, I know what this song's number is for me. Number three. <laughs> it's not my top three. What? How the fuck can that be possible? <laughs> um, no, I, yeah, I, this is, it's so catchy. And it is. That chorus is undeniable. It is. It's so much. It's undeniable. <laughs> it's um. It's so much sketchier than you think it is. Um, it's so much. It's so much uh, non-Christian than you think it is. It's uh. It's I mean, so, mu- <laughs> so much parental advisory than you think it is. Um. No, but just the, the. It's got that driving punk beat. It's just like you can't escape it. And I feel like when I. It wants your skin. It wants your skin. No, I remember first hearing it being like, that's a great song. It is a great song. Um, but I think it just kind of like, it's just one that you remember so much. We've talked a lot about how kids love this song. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Despite the naughty words. Um, it's just such a... Which... Oh. Refrigerator. <laughs> is not a cool yeah. term it's to use. It's so not cool, so not PC. All the millennials hate refrigerators. <laughs> um but it's just, yeah, it's such, I feel like this is an iconic song pretty instantly. Like, instantly. You talked about songs that you want to hear live. Like, how fun would this one be? No, this pump is. Pump your fist too at the chorus. This is when I referenced songs that are not in my top three. Yeah. That I'm most excited to hear live. Yeah. This is one of them. When he just puts the mics out into the crowd and we're just like, this is. God damn. <laughs> this is, this is the song that. Everybody is like this is unequivocally from now until the end of their career is a guaranteed yeah. live show song. If they ever play any live shows. If they fucking come to Chicago. <laughs> um skin. Um I this is no, I again I like I said I can make an argument for why this would be in my top three. Yeah. It is, it is hooky. It's fun. And it's, it's a chorus that you can sing along to. Yeah. It's this is one of crowd the participation on the record. It is. It's Friday tonight. That much is clear. <laughs> yeah. And it's also the song that I'm sure the band gets tweeted at. Friday Every night. <laughs> hey, Mike, fucking Friday night, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's, but also they have the, the arcade scene. In the video. Which is Super in the, fun. in the video, which is pretty fun. Tommy Dutton. Tom, Tommy D. Um, 
This is his. This is his. I know words. Um, <laughs> also writing in the air Friday tonight. Which yeah, is really cool. yeah. The PX Punk is kind of like mm-hmm. on the screen, kind of moving around. Um, so I I remember when this came out, I uh, asked the band, considering they're not in an arcade, what their favorite video games are Uh. and i'm pretty sure that both tom and mike responded that legend of zelda were their favorites sure and i said that is correct (laughs) that is right that is your favorite game was that ever an arcade game though it was more no, of a console. No, game. it wasn't an You were just I, broadening it to video games. I was just games, broadening. Generally. Considering they're in an arcade, they're playing video games. What are their favorite video games? Sure. Um and and I think it was I think it was Tom Chichilla who was like talking about how badass he was at that That sounds familiar. At, at that game and how he's like beat it on the in the hardest versions or whatever. But um I don't know. We might need to get our boy Alex Retro to yeah to be like uh, get a Tom Chilla and Alex Retro like one on one video game spectacular. Like what's the uh, what was the name of that the wizard? Oh yeah, with uh Fred Savage, Fred Savage, and Jenny like Lewis with um with Mario Brothers Three mm-hmm. where they uh had that like competition. Yeah. Um, shout out to the, shout out to the wizard. <laughs> yep. Um, I think I need to crack open the last one of these oh, bad boys before John. Wait, this next okay, one. wait, sh- hold on, hold on. Sh- everybody, shut everybody the fuck just up. Quiet down. Just quiet down. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> just sprayed the mic a little. But <laughs> blew your load all over the table. <laughs> it was worth it. <laughs> it was worth it. All uh, right. That was the last. The crack of the crack of. <laughs> I'm drunk. <laughs> um, These beers have been a joy. Yep. To enjoy. Dink it. Cheers. Uh, the next song is an important one. <sighs> yes. Let me just check my notes and nope. Okay. Let's do it. Moving on. Oh, shit. Ooh. One, two, three, four. That bass sounds so good. Really good. It's just mixed super well. It's... And his own boss was me as well. <laughs> Take me 
God, that bass, that so bass great. sounds so good. It sounds so good that it's my number one. It is my number one as well. I thought so. I so we both had Let's Ride and Rolling Strong, right? We're I four think, songs in, and both of us have gone through our top three. Well, here's the thing. Um, outside of Let It Happen, which I think we had four out of five. Yeah. I don't think we've ever done... Have we ever done more than two out of three? I don't think so. I've always hoped. <laughs> I thought this was three. the episode that we would get all three. I, I Friday Tonight edges out all of it. And there's another... Top three contender for me coming up. I have some. I have plenty. Oh, top three contends uh, on this on this wreck. Yeah. Um. There, I can't say enough about this music video. Yeah. I really can't. Um. The first time we saw it, we talk about it kind of at length with Brian Bouchel, our actual boy. Our actual boy. <laughs> he is our son. Our son. Um, We're very proud of him. <laughs> He's, he's, a, he's a he's a big boy. He's a very good boy. Um, um, when we first saw this, you know, uh, we were um, we we were interviewing Jason Hockney Zimet, and and I think we saw it like the day before, and like it was sort of like a transformational. It was another one of those moments that we kind of get into with with Brian in, in the interview that just like the sort of like, I don't know, it kind of, it, it, I felt like I got in a time machine, you know? Yeah. And relived a lot of my, um, childhood while watching that music video. And, and when I hear the song, I can't separate the song and the music video. Totally. So, um, it's the best. Yeah. I made, and, sorry, continue. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, I made the bold claim when we were talking to Brian that it's the greatest MXPX music video ever, which I stand by. Like, I, I think I think one can make an argument for that. The song is epic. The video epic is AF. epic. Yep. And I think ultimately why I decided I did like this more than Rolling Strong was that this just encapsulates this era so well. Like, yep. it's such a perfect kind of... Um, narrowing down of what this whole record is about it's got that mature sound it's nostalgic but it doesn't feel like it's looking back it feels present um it's just more of a let's ride record than probably any of the other songs i would say and uh yeah it's one of their greatest songs ever i yeah, think i would agree with that and in watching the music video um you know brian talks about um the sort of the narrative element of the of the music video and the song and i love how the back patch the mxpx patch on the mm-hmm. jacket ends up as the last um yeah sort of image of the music video that it's just like that through line through the whole um music video and i think a lot of mxpx fans can relate to that that the some of the stuff that they've had from the band from very early on is 
stuff that they still have and yeah for whatever for whatever reason whether it's insignificant or whether it's a record or a patch or a shirt or whatever a cd um it just feels like it's something that they've carried through and it it's still part of um their it's part now part of their family you know yeah and you you have that lived experience, John. Your son now has it's true uh, a Poconatcher Punk shirt. Yep, it hit I, me. It hit me on a yeah, like on an emotional level. And I get I, yeah again. We just didn't know what to expect. Like we yeah. had no idea. And the fact that it was like had the kind of emotional resonance that it did in the ending, and that it kind of tracked our lives as punk fans and stuff, and MXPX fans specifically was like wow. Just kind of was knocked out by it. Yeah. Um, you, in fact, visited the coffee shop as seen in the video. Yes, Dagger I did. Coffee, which you'll so, get into in the next yeah, up a little you'll bit. You'll hear that in the Brian Bouchelt interview next week. Um, little tease. Little tease. Get those clicks, son. Yeah, got to tease those nips. Um, <laughs> sure. I guess. Um, uh, give me your skin <laughs> and your nips. Uptown streets. <laughs> Uptown nips. Uptown nips. <laughs> This is top three contender so hard. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, this this could have this it could have edged out um, all of it, but or I don't know. It's it's such a great song. The video kicks ass, and Brian Bouchelt once again. Brian Bouchelt, our boy. Brian B, crushing it, and I don't want to give so much away of our interview with him, but like it's a long one. He's a beast. Yeah, it's a long. It's uh, I finished editing it today. Okay, it's our third longest step. Okay, okay, and so six and, hours. <laughs> so when I say it's our our third longest step, I mean that uh, it it's let's see what is it. Um, so our longest step is two thirty six, sure. And this, the one with Brian, is two thirty three. So <laughs> cutting it close. <laughs> it's cutting it. It really cuts it close. No, we got a lot more songs to go for this up. Yeah, we do. See how we um, do. We'll see what's happening. Oh shit. Um. So the I love a straight ahead punk rock video band yeah. playing. 
no frills, just the dudes. Yeah. I love how it starts out, just entering the space, picking up the instruments, and then kicking you in the face with a, <laughs> with a punk rock. Yeah. Mike, yeah. swing this beast around. You, you know. made a good gif of that. I made a gif. Um, yeah, I we talked before about this is kind of a classic rock sound. Um, we mentioned Petty or even like Bruce. Kind of feels like it. It's very Americana. Yeah, which I'm into. It's uh, you know not quite tumble down territory, but not quite usual MXPX. But territory, it's so. it's not not tumble down. Right. Yeah, it sounds good. I am into it. There's there's an energy that in the video that I love the. Um, something else that I love throughout a lot of these videos, um, Mike is the king of the punk jumps. Yeah. He's got at least, at at the very least, two punk jumps in this video alone. Um, so I'm, I'm into that and I'm, I'm glad that I have the 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 vinyl lyric sheet i mean i have the cd sure but um this is a little easier to read sure some of the lyrics there are this is one of the songs that um has a little bit <laughs> some of those misheard lyrics ah. so uh particularly in the uh uh second chorus So, um, buying one cent candies at the corner store. Uh, I said it was saying Denny's or something. Yeah, it never... sounds like Denny's. Buying one cent candies at the corner store, riding BMX like a paper delivery boy. Um, so the, the buying the one cent candies is... Uh, a lyric that I think some people had a hard time with. Yeah. But for me, <laughs> um, I knew this wasn't the lyric, but to me it sounded like riding BMX like a big bird delivery boy. <laughs> just like... Yeah, that's classic industry in the 80s. Just like... Big Bird was so popular back then that just yeah, needed deliveries was, all Back the in the day, he was riding BMX like a Big Bird delivery boy. <laughs> I think my question lyrically is more like, what is the first verse even about? So the Summer of Sam was like 77, right? 76, when he was born. Okay, so he uh, was David, truly David scared. Berkowitz. Okay, you've already gone deep here. Yep. But like, okay, so on a Saturday night in the year of Summer Sam, maybe that's when he was born, but then he's like, yes. I was truly scared for the first nine years I ran. So he's just saying like, until he was nine, he was scared. No, I think what he's talking about is the first, the, um, so he had, they, they released an album called 10 Years in Running. Right. And as I said, um, on the Let's Rock app, that the that the theme of running is sure. 
very much a part of Mike's writing. Running is a theme throughout a lot of his songwriting. And um, so when he talks about the first nine years he ran, my understanding is the first nine years of him in MXPX. Fascinating. So 92 to 2001, I think those first, those from Poconatcha to... Um, Plants and everything in between. <laughs> yes. Sorry. <laughs> no. Um, from Poconatcha to... Ever Passing Moment. Ever Passing Moment. I think <laughs> those... Every every passing moment. Every passing moment. So I think those, I think that's the first nine years that he's talking about. And then he ran into a bad album. (laughs) (laughs) He ran headlong into before. (laughs) Sorry. I don't mean to keep making fun of you about that. John, I've had a lot of whiskey. I'm so happy. Um, Um, I'm so happy. um, What did he write on the back of his hand so he wouldn't forget? Um, he said that it was that a mighty fine day in the USA, MXPX. but I wrote it on the back of my hand so I wouldn't forget. <laughs> I'm wondering if that's one of the tattoos. Oh, I wonder what's uh, on there. Um, Let's rock. Can't forget that. <laughs> it's uh, y'all blow. Birthday. Oh, y'all blow. <laughs> Can't forget that. <laughs> Can't forget how much we blow. I just feel like there's a lot going on. He was born. He's running. He wrote it on the back of his hand. Let's see. Here's a pick. This is a deep. Deep dive here. I'm doing a deep dive. I'm finding pics of Mike Herrera. Oh, this is when he did 9 to 5 guy. Uh, shout out to 9 to 5 guy um, when Mike did, um, he <laughs> did like a, some shots of tequila. And what is 9 to 5 guy? What's that? What is 9 to 5 guy? It's a guy in um, Texas who... Um, he works he, nine to five. He does a th- he he does something like three shots, and like so he like asks three questions, and each question there's a shot of tequila. Interesting. Um, <laughs> so it's yeah, he's a it's good it's good show. So check him out. But I'm wondering if the writing in on the back of his hand is um, a reference to. Um, one of his tattoos. I don't know. Uh, I believe he's got a little ship back there. Um, Maybe he's got a he's got a lot of he's got lots of stuff he has going a lot on. Of tattoos. He's got the tats. He doesn't have Let's Rock. No. On his not yet. Not yet. God damn it, Mike is a good looking dude. <laughs> This is the Mike is handsome segment of the pod. This is this is <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, should we should we stop talking about Mike and his face? We got and... I think we got to hop in the van and solve this mystery. I think we should. If you know what is written on the back of his hand in relation to his birth or running or summer Sam, let us know. Yeah. Um do you know who would know? Probably Mike. <laughs> Um, the next song, with him. Uh, the next song, 2020 hindsight, just want to say that because it starts, this is one of those songs that doesn't, it doesn't waste time. It just starts. 
I'm panicking, baby. Don't let them take me. This is a definite top three contender for me. Yeah. So, this is a song that people said um, could have been the opener. Right. And it's only since um, MXPX memes. Danny. Danny. Our boy... uh, Danny Leary from mm-hmm. XPX Memes. He'd been doing this uh, various meme things with uh, since propositions, we, like, different propositions yeah. coming up because they know to prep five. And stuff. Yeah, yeah, like because of it's the election season. Um, he's been doing. He did these memes for like um, Prop Five. Say no. And he did this one that said, tell your state Congress it's time for 2020 hindsight. And then I was like, oh, he that did a bunch of these. It's really funny. And Mike said in the comments, it's about ice. Boom. Dropping a bomb. Um, and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. And when I saw that comment, I immediately listened to the song again. Yeah. I'm panicking, baby. Don't let them take me. Don't let them take me from everyone I've known, everything I've known. That move would kill me or what's left of me. Feels like I've been cut off from my home. Where will I go if I end up all alone? How will I know when the time come to go and I was like holy shit yeah and that hit me in a completely different way so when people talked about how this could be the first song after I recognized and realized that this is what the song was about yeah, it's a lot to take in it's like you can't have a song start <laughs> off with like sure a, a song about ice um, and I think having for the first half of the album being very much about gratitude and family and, and nostalgia, and then going into like, um, uh, having, having songs about, um, Pep talks. Pep talks. 
and you know some more difficult stuff he talk you know he talks about um star wars the celebrity or um reality star reality wars. star wars talking about trump and everything but um yeah i was like that 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 kind of fucked me up for a second i was like wow this what what is he trying to say here because it it feels like He's recognizing that ICE is taking people away from their families. But then, like, I don't understand what the second verse is about. Gets a little little fuzzier there. A little, little murky. Yeah. Um, so here's my pep talk. You've got this on lock. Now get out there and show us how hard you can fight. If I'm being truthful, I'm not that useful, except I got that 2020 hindsight. So, um, two things. If this is about having the um, disenfranchised and people who are um, being, <laughs> like, um, people who might be thrown out of the country, mm-hmm. if, if you're saying... Yeah, go out and fight on behalf of your, you know, like, I, I'm not, I don't think I can get down with that. Right. But if it's saying um, to the people who maybe voted for Trump, right? they've got 2020 hindsight that, like, shit, they got duped and they yeah. got fucked over and, you know... Well, now I know. You know, I got twenty twenty hindsight that they were lied to, and and I don't know. What do you, what do you take the second verse to mean? Yeah, no, I don't know. I think yeah, the you got this on lock part is a little I, it, <laughs> confusing. It, it it's make it makes it murky for me. Yeah, I agree though that there's something to the idea that like something that maybe seemed like a good policy on a sort of knee jerk surface level when you look back with 2020 hindsight can realize like maybe in the grand scheme of things that was not such a great idea so i'm assuming that's sort of along those lines but anyway interesting to hear that that's what he's talking about yeah yep and um now there are more songs and we have a puppy (laughs) hello harriet hi harriet uh, we should say, I mean, yes, it's about ice. Um, I said this before, but I love the bridge where there's the ascending riff, the danitor, danitor. What do you think, Harriet? Do you like the part where it goes? <laughs> She's saying she likes the part where it goes. Um, John, I love your dog. <laughs> Harriet, could you tell us about the video for this? She's saying it was a lyric video. What else, Harry? Oh, right. But there was an animated PX Punk singing. <laughs> and he was riding his Vespa around. <laughs> yes. Oh, good point. And it was directed by Jake Long, who is a, a longtime engineering producer of the band. So I want to... <laughs> Nailed it. (laughs) So here's what I want to say about the music video. After learning about what it was actually about, the video 
seemed extremely underwhelming. <laughs> I don't know if he explained to anyone that that was, was what it was about. No. And I think it probably could have been a pretty powerful narrative video. Sure. If he was like, actually, this is about ice. And when I think about, oh, shit. This guy's off the rails, I'm people. Off, <laughs> off the rails. Taking this flask from you. Uh, oh, what are you going to what are you gonna do about it? Pour it on my dog. <laughs> um, so, um, what song was it? Was it Panic? It was the song that, no, no, it was, it was Secret Weapon. It was Contention oh, yeah. that they used right, all right. that, like, um, B-roll, old school. War footage. War footage. This is old school. I kept yelling that when we watched the video. <laughs> this is old school, man. It's old school. <laughs> no, but I'm thinking, like, they're, they used all that that old war footage for contention that there could have been a video of, I don't know. It just, to me, it felt like there could have been something more than the happy PX punk singing about ice. Maybe Mike is full of shit. Maybe it's not about ice. (laughs) I don't know. Why would, why would he just so casually say that seems like, if that's the, that'd be like a really shitty yeah, be weird. <laughs> thing to say. You missed that angle. Yeah, that's what that he said. Coming. That's like, what he said. He said you missed. That's that why angle. at first I was kind of like, is he like, is this like a dark joke? But I don't think it is. It makes sense. The at least the first verse makes yeah. sense. I don't know, Mike. Leave us a voicemail. Let us know what's tattooed on your eight seven two seven six two four seven six three. That's correct. And also let us know why the video wasn't about ice. Yep. There's um, a half of a record left for us to talk about. Yep. Uh, so let's move on to the way we do. tour announcement oh man an xpx face-to-face simple plan and bad religion oh man i'd be hard for like a month <laughs> you'd have it on lock i'd have i'd have it on cock <laughs> this is a new this 
<laughs> Sorry. New high for us. New um, new low. Some shades of darkest places in that opening, perhaps. Some muted strum. Um, yeah. But uh, I don't know. Not not one of my favorites, probably. So I think I think the the song is fun. Um the story, it's another reminiscing kind of uh kind of song. Yeah. Um so as far as the video goes, Brian and Jake, this is a Brian and Jake Gravbrot collab. Uh, collab. Um so it's another band rocking out vid. Mm-hmm. Um I believe Brian said he they didn't know the song at all as they were filming it right or was that a different one no 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 he said that they had already filmed let's ride uptown streets um and did they uh moments like this but didn't he say he hadn't even heard this song no no that was uh oh well um We'll find out in the next episode. <laughs> well, there was, no, there was, uh, or maybe, maybe it was this one that he said that, like, they just went upstairs right. to to the attic or the second stairs and he's like, and he's like, uh, we have, you have this like many takes. Or whatever, yeah. He's or like, it was like a lot less than that. It was, it was the last video yeah, of the day yeah. and he had filmed, this would be the fourth music video <laughs> of the day. So insane. Which is so insane. And he was like. Uh, you have six takes. Do this, right? That's it's that's all you got. Straight performance, and yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's fun. It's the the music video is fine. Um, it's it like like I I am not going to hold anybody anybody's feet to the fire because, about like not having a full concept for literally every music video since they have a music video for every song of the album. Yep. Which is amazing. But I, I think some of the lyric videos are meh, fine, whatever. I'll take, I'll take a full band music video over a lyric video. Sure. But yeah, I mean, this is, I think this this video had sort of like a missed opportunity in terms of a um a narrative with sure. the actual bands they're talking about. It's pretty impressed that they have this many videos period though. <laughs> Regardless. I fucking just said that. <laughs> you just said to make I... to make this point for the first time tonight. <laughs> I think um it's just pretty impressive. <laughs> You're right, John. That's an amazing point. point I wish point. I'd thought of it. Can can we get a round of applause Thank for John? You. Thank you're, you. You're amazing. Oh shit! That guitar line. It's pretty great. Makes me want to have some life goals.
I love that part right there. It's pretty great. But the with the the guitar guitar part there is so sweet. If you're talking about great harmonies, I mean that chorus really sells it. It does. Um, yeah, I mean, I uh, what I said when we first talked about this record was that I felt the first half was a lot stronger. I still feel that way. Side B doesn't do quite as much for me, but I do really love the chorus here. Um, and then later the bridge where it's kind of slowed down and there's those reverb vocals. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm into this. So I wanted to talk about those, those lines right there, actually mm-hmm. the literal bridge um, a bridge to nowhere still takes you somewhere, but you never know until you get there. Um, Sarah Palin so, reference, I assume. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mike is a huge Sarah Palin fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, for there's, there's a, a concept known as a rainbow bridge for Mario animals. Oh. <laughs> rainbow Road. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the one. So she walked the dirt road down by the rainbow bridge. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, what are you actually saying? The bridge to nowhere. So, so for for pets, there's something known as the rainbow bridge that is the bridge that takes you into the next life. Mm. So it's this sort of this bridge that um, takes you from this life into the next one and um so i i think since this song is about death and it says you're walking around the next day you're nowhere to be found because you're buried six feet under um so i think the bridge to nowhere he's saying you know this bridge it's taking you to the next life. And even if you think it's you're dead, it, you're still going to be somewhere, but where that is, who knows? It's heavy, man. Final slow dance. It is a, it's an, it's another mortality song. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's that, I mean, that's just my interpretation. I think, that sounds right to me. Um, another lyric video here. It is another lyric video. Jake Langley, director. Um, yeah, I don't know. This I I like it. Okay. Yep. Same Pipe dreams. 
supplies went The blueprints keep changing The code keeps on breaking That must be the intent You come with pockets And take what you need All you'll find Just leave me a shred of humanity Leave me my mind Hold on Hold on to those bright dreams If I'm wrong Washes already have the name. Hold on, hold on. No reason we can't hit by things. Faced with a nation divided, engaged in reality, Star Wars. So no indication that we didn't crawl out like rats from the sewers. Harsh, harsh Mike. We're all just rats crawling out of the sewers. Well, I mean, we're pretty much in a a time where we're kind of at our worst. Yeah, we are sewer rats. Um, I'd say pretty good overall. I, I, I like the song. <laughs> yeah, it's not uh, not a top three contender, but I like it. Uh, this is another. Jake Langley lyric video. Yeah, the Life Goals and Pipe Dreams uh, videos are super Sims. Of a piece. Super yep. Sims. Soup Sims. It's all just Sims video game characters. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been cool, actually. Um, so, what do you think about pipe? a pipe dream as something that is seen as unreasonable? Right. Um. He, but then the bridge is infrastructure and pipelines now, now lay broken supply lines. My vision is too clear. All this hate must be fear. What do you take that to mean? I mean, I sort of imagine that the song is basically like, it's kind of a panic theme where it's like things real bad, but that doesn't mean that we won't be able to get out of this eventually. Yeah. I don't know. Mike, all, leave us a voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> all this hate must be fear. I mean, there there is a lot of fear-mongering happening at the moment. Yeah, it's clearly a commentary on what's happening right now. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, he obvious, obviously he wrote this, um, I don't know, like six, at least more than six months ago, but... Mm-hmm. Um, with with the midterms coming up, it's it is the ramped up. Yeah, fear mongering is it's very bad. it's it's rough. Um, and something we didn't talk about, um, in the twenty twenty hindsight, um, in relation to, um, immigration with this whole caravan fear-mongering nonsense, um, with this eminent caravan of people, which is months away, mm-hmm. mind you. Uh, this is not an imminent thing. Um, but a lot of these people are coming from situations where there is... Uh, a fear of retaliation and, and uh, their lives are in jeopardy. Yeah. 
and um, couple that with this whole birthright nonsense, mm-hmm. which is protected within the Constitution, right? The Fourteenth Amendment, and for Republicans who are so concerned with preserving the Constitution to so readily get on board with Trump to be like, fuck the Constitution, I'll just overturn this with an executive order. Right. When, when during Obama's administration, they're like, how dare Obama use executive orders? Right. And now Trump's like, oh, you know, I can just do whatever I want. doesn't matter what the Constitution says. Yeah. When, like, seven years ago, Ted Cruz was, like, saying about the whole birthright thing. It's in the Constitution. Mm-hmm. And now he's licking Trump's boots. Right. One of our listeners. Yeah. Uh, Ted Cruz, 872... Uh, <laughs> Seven six two four seven six three, eight seven two seven Magpod, <laughs> hit us up, Ted Cruz, uh, Beto. I know you're listening. You're a PX fan. Yeah, Beto. If you don't win, please come on the pod. Come on the pod. We'll have some time. Um, we expect you to win. Um, yes. You know what I would? Oh, do you have more thoughts about the song? No, I mean I'm curious your thoughts on what I what I just said. I agree. I feel like every time we get into what's happening, I'm just like, I don't know what to say other than I agree and everything. It's awful. Um, well, I don't want to be the one who's always the, the buzzkill. <laughs> no, man. I mean, the world is Because, like, kill. sometimes I feel like I'm, like, the lib. <laughs> like, I mean, we're, you know, we're both. I think if we just let supply-side economics oh, sort this geez, whole thing out, we'll be fine. Trickle down? If we have a flat tax, I think a lot of this stuff will sort itself out. <laughs> trickle down my balls. <laughs> that's what I always say. Um, I think I think that was the Reaganomics. That's what he's like. He's like, well, if you just let it trickle down my balls. That's what he meant originally. Yeah. And got lost in translation over time. <laughs> you might say that this administration is a disaster. <laughs> the best I can do. <laughs> Nailed it. Sitting in my car, drinking from a flask. Laying future plans for up the nerve to ask. Never can't prepare you for your way we all fail. When you're so in love, it just doesn't seem real. I'm such a disaster for you. No one else can look fast up for you. I'm such a disaster for you. I can't stand up straight I'm falling over, over and over Stuck in the middle of a hurricane Coming at you fast, the days have gone insane When I need peace, I'm finding back at home There you go. Um... There are no bad songs on this record. No. But this is probably my least favorite. Um, what do you think? It feels a little out of place with the rest of the record to me. So it's, yeah, it's probably not, it's not my favorite. Um, but like you said, um, in the way that like 
life in general or like even panic song albums that are so strong mm-hmm. that there's going to be a song on it that's not my favorite sure i don't know it's yes. disasters probably you know if we had to put the 11 songs in order it's probably not in my top 11 <laughs> yeah below even the existing limit no i i it's fine i don't dislike it it just doesn't do as much for me as the other ones yeah um this is another lyric video uh yeah. with some black and white footage of them playing and recording uh jake grabbed brat holding that down i assume that's kind of from the same session as and I, and I think if i'm not mistaken chris is like sitting in this video <laughs> he's like i've had enough he's like i'm this is over fifth this video and... of the day <laughs> <laughs> brian has already flown his little plane back home <laughs> he ju- he jumped in the chipmunk and he's like i'm out of here see you later assholes <laughs> um you got like 45 music videos out of me in like three minutes um yeah uh yeah the penultimate track we got uh we got one mo one moments like this timing nailed it <laughs> andrew just stepped out to go to the bathroom and yep. came back in right in time yep speaking of uh <laughs> stepping out to go to the bathroom hey buddy, how you doing um moments like this another brian bouchelt mm-hmm. classic yeah kind of a half performance half old footage vid Yep. Uh, including his family at Disney World, as he yeah, talks about, yeah. and his son being born. Um, Davison. Davison, who was under the weather when we recorded. Hope he's feeling better. Yep. Um, I think this is a great closing song. Great Perfect. opener, great closer. This is a great sing-along. Yep. Which you want out of a closer. Um, yeah, it doesn't... Uh, it doesn't hit the heights of side A for me, but I, I like it as a culminating moment. And like you said, the video, Brian knows how to tug on those heartstrings. He does. Um, he compiled those um, moments, if you will. Mm. And I think he really crafted a, a video that 
um, felt meaningful for the fans as well as um, the people who were featured in the video. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, as you said, um, life goals, uh, pipe. <laughs> Little Harriet, dog snorts in the Harriet background. Harriet loves life goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Life goals. <laughs> Harriet, come on. Hi. Come here. Come here. What are you, what are you, you saying about life goals? Hey. <laughs> um, you know, life goals, pipe dreams, disaster. Yeah. They're they're not like they're not my favorite no. songs on the record, but that doesn't mean they are. I don't like them. Yeah. They are. Uh, really? <laughs> Harriet is dogs wandering around. Harriet's snorting like a bouse. <laughs> um, I still think this is a uh, a super solid, extremely consistent record. Totally. And um, I I you know I think it's a a um what's the word I'm looking for? Good. It's an accomplishment. Accomplishment. There you go. It's it's. I support it, that. Yeah, I I think when compared to, um, you know, I love Plans. Plans is a great album. I like it too. Uh, you know, Secret Weapon, not so much. Um, but I think, uh, from some of the efforts in recent years, I think this is a a super. Highlight. Agreed. Where does it fall within our album rankings? You'll find out after this short break because I have to go to the bathroom. (laughs) Okay. Hit it. John, have we ever ever done a a second comeback? (laughs) I don't think so, but um, we've also never done a three-hour episode, which we are about to do. <laughs> people well, who wanted it <laughs> got their people, wish. Yeah, people who've asked for it, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. John, we are about to rank our top ten. This is, a, this is bold territory. It is bold territory. And, like, I'm still, I'm almost... Ready to make an audible for my Uh-oh. four and five. Uh oh. Yeah, I have a feeling our four and five are the same. <laughs> let's uh, let's get into it. This can be, this can be a, a flexible thing. It's not set in stone forever. You can revisit as needed. Yeah. All right. Should we start? Let's st- number I've, one or number ten? Ten. Sorry. Sorry. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, and we'll trade wanna... trade off back and forth. Yeah, we'll trade off back and forth. What's your uh, what's your number ten? I bet you can guess. <laughs> secret weapon. Okay, secret weapon. Mine is before everything and after. I thought that would be the case. Yes. Um, my number nine. Your no. number nine. Uh, before everything and after. Secret weapon. Yep, that sounds right. Yep. My number eight. This is, I think, where we may part ways. Yep. Ever passing moment. Wow. <laughs> That's that is a controversy. Is it? I think so. 
Is yours poking at you? Mine is poking at you. Yeah. But this is but this is the thing. This is where we This is where it becomes subjective. It's becomes subjective and um when we look at poking at you, I I think we can all agree that from beginning to end, poking at you is not the most solid album. It has 21 songs. It's got a lot of songs. It's a lot of songs. And 18, like, No Room, JJ's song, One Window, Dead End, are songs that I would feel fine with uh, cutting from the record. Walking by, Twisted Words, Solid Songs, Another song about TV, gone. <laughs> High standards, gone. Jars of clay, gone. I like, like a lot of those songs. No, but what I'm saying is, if I was to sure. be, if I was to be brutal, tighten it up and tighten up the songs. Yeah. Um, the second half of the record would be. Yeah, I think that's fair. brutally cut. Well, but walking by in twisted words, say would 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 stay on the record, but it's. This is an album where I think the second half of the album is really especially weak. And I'm not saying it's... uh, And I said on last week's app that I listened to it recently and it has some really solid songs. I think for a debut record for dudes that were super young, Aaron Sprinkle had... Barely done any recording. Yeah. Um, I think it's impressive, and they had some impressive songs on there, but yeah. um, it's not the strongest songwriting that they've done. It's still a classic for me. For sure. But it is my number seven, so that's pretty, pretty far down there. Um, um, but I so- love it. So my number seven is plans with okay. plans. My number six is plans. Okay, so your so my number six is ever passing moment. Okay, so that's that's probably where our biggest difference is. Couple couple ranks apart there. Yeah. All right, so that's our f- second half sliding into the first half here. <sighs> this is where it gets. This is where it gets tough. This is where it gets really tough. I feel. Pr- yeah. Sorry. Keep going. No, I. It's <laughs> number audible. five and four. This is like. <laughs> it's it's hard. This it's, is what it, I said up top that they were tied for me. Yeah. Until this most recent assessment, and I feel pretty comfortable about saying. Self-titled is my number five. I have panic at my number five. Okay, and I and this is and and then my the self-titled at number four. Yeah, and panic is my number four. Okay, so I this is and I could I could switch tomorrow. Yeah, I probably could too. And it's and here's 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 the reason. Um, you go through the new album. There's not a song on there. That I would say is we we just said there's not a song that's bad, right? Um, I still think there are some. I there's there's not a cheese moment 
on the new record. Sure. There's some there's some fat on Panic. There's some fat on usual Panic. MXPX style. Yeah. I think that there is I think Panic is one or two songs too long. Agreed. Um and I think when I was r- determining like looking at panic looking at the self-titled i was like i think that they perfected that they 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 figured out they figured out they're like they turned the fat they had perfected the um as my film production uh professor north park would call kill your darlings uh. so just you know get just bring it down to the bare essentials mm-hmm. and um what i think they did what they did on panic they did really really well uh but there are some parts of the new album that i think they tightened the screws just a little bit better sure i don't disagree with any of that and let me counter yourself with yourself when i said when we first talked about the new record that i thought this edged out panic you said that you thought panic had more variety it does than self-titled which i think is also true um, I mean that's it's still true, which is why I said I could change my mind tomorrow. Yeah, because yeah. because um, darkest places heard that sound uh, late again. Gray skies, emotional anarchist. Yeah, like, I mean late again. <laughs> We're gonna listen. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, I. As much as I like the mature and consistent MXPX on self-titled, I just think the highs of Panic are higher for me. Um, it's very high, I, and especially since this spawned Tumble Down. Right. I also, you know, yeah. we we also need to. Um, I think we need to maybe comfort the listeners and say this isn't the end no there's more there's more because we still have more mxpx to cover it's true we have arthur mm-hmm. we have tumble down mm-hmm. we have interviews mm-hmm. you got this, cooties we got the cootie oh god more live records we have live documentaries eps got that holiday upcoming oh man we so we got mxpx content cal- coming cal- for months people calm your tits <laughs> yeah we have we have we have plenty of eps to come um, um so um just, um, um <laughs> This is great content. I think <laughs> the darkest places is probably it might even be in my like top five MXPX songs of all time, and I don't think anything on self-titled reaches these heights for me. And there's probably other songs I can wow. say about. I just I I love this song. Panic this record. Panic is is a great record. Yeah, I mean it's there's a reason it's in my top five. Right. I'm I gonna, mean, I just think. I I think you can just make an argument for if we're looking 
if we're looking, if we're doing a song to song comparison, yeah, like I don't know. I looked. I I was doing holistic, complete album. If if I were to if I were to do like a song to song like breakdown, sure. Opening, opening song. Yeah. Next to Rolling Strong's pretty good. It's. I mean, that might even be in my top ten it's, songs of all time. Uh, it's. I mean, uh, it's, it's. It's gonna get hard. It's. I mean, this is what I'm saying. It's. It's. It's pretty good. Because you still have that. Yeah. Eventually, we'll do perhaps our top ten songs. Yeah, we be have much to. One. It's, it's um, rock hard. <laughs> I think. Our top three records are going to be the same. Let's find out. Are we, okay, My so top three. No, okay, so what do we say? We said four. We already did four. So four mine panic. was five. Was panic. Yep. Four was the self title. Number yep. three. Mine's the other way around. My three is slowly going the way of Buffalo. Slowly. Two. Life in general. Life in general. One. Teenage, teenage politics. politics. My bro. I mean, as we've talked about, it's probably not the quote unquote best mxpx album it's not pulling down a 1.6 on pitchfork their highest review uh (laughs) but for us it's always gonna be it's just that's the sweet spot for us and probably it's whatever album you came to first often but like yeah it's just it doesn't get better than that for me it's yeah i think for for a lot of people they might listen to this and be like you guys are insane (laughs) yeah um, but I will f- fight you <laughs> over teenage politics because we can't, I cannot it's extract, I cannot separate the period of time of me coming to, ex- like, f- um, discovering Christian punk rock. Uh, at the same time, discovering punk rock music, right? Um, embracing my faith, uh, being a teenager, yeah, because I just discovered them as I entered my teens. Yeah, this album's called Teenage Politics. <laughs> I was starting to come to understand politics. It was the perfect moment. Yeah, I agree. I think when we just talked to Mike, he was like, I feel more confident about my songwriting on the self-titled record than at any point in my career. Yeah. And I think he's not wrong. Like, it's probably the quote-unquote best (laughs) songwriting and producing, maybe, (laughs) of their career. But it's not going to get above number five for me because there are just so many albums that have such a special place in my heart that it's impossible to rank above them so it's it's i mean and it's and i don't disagree i don't i can't i can't disagree with mike and because it it is it is some of the best most consistent songwriting yeah um coupled with some of the best production yeah like the best production without the slickness yeah agreed of or the cheese or the cheese yeah 
you take out the slick and cheese of before everything and after and secret weapon and you it's almost like you you put panic and ever passing moment together yeah because ever passing moment was like or the almost like the first introduction to pop mxpx sure and panic was kind of getting back into dark gritty mxpx mm-hmm. and it, it it just like it marries the two for me yeah i think that's fair um i think we were closer on this top 10 albums than we were on any any set of, the top, of top, top three songs, songs. <laughs> and our top three albums were the same top three they so were there you go um and it also i could have switched yeah five and four agreed same here so feel pretty good about the rest but i mean i really do like plans a lot that ranks pretty high for me i mean again it's not <laughs> eight eight through one are yeah, we're i agreed like on the bottom two i <laughs> the rest is flexible yeah yeah the rest is super i mean Except for except for one through three, four through eight. <laughs> yeah, agreed. You got. I remember Danny MXPX meme saying he didn't rank them chronologically. He sort of broke them into groups. Yeah, and perhaps our groups are one through three, four through eight, and nine and ten. Yeah. Um, well, and also, but Jason says panic is his number one and i when he said that i hadn't really re-listened to it again and i was kind of like that's a crazy thing to say and now panic is in my top four yeah so i don't disagree with him there either no um let us know your top 10 (laughs) your top few i mean this is this might have to be a this will have to be a post. Yeah. And I think this is going to be a controversy. I think, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what people say. I I, I do. F- yeah, slowly it's probably going to be a lot of people's number one, I would guess. I, n- I, I would, I would, I would argue general. that Ever Passing Moment. Huh. I, w- I guarantee Ever Passing Moment is going to be in the top three for most for people. people. Yeah. My number eight, you mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not too it's not too far from my number six, right? And it's and it's not because it's a weak album. It's because it it doesn't reach the level yep. of I agree with consistent. That. Well, but then but then people could be like teenage politics. It's fucking whatever. Teenage politics is great from beginning to end. It, it's and there's you're wrong it's if you don't think so. <laughs> It's so. flawless from beginning to end, and it it has some of the most iconic songs on the record. And um, there's literally, I mean, I don't I don't dislike a single. There's not a song on here. Of this no, album. there's there's literally not a song on here that I wouldn't listen to. Nineteen songs, forty five minutes. It's perfect. And if you disagree. You can go straight to hell. <laughs> On that note, what was, what was the first half of the episode about? <laughs> it's hard to say now. <laughs> it's hard to say. Uh, we are well over three hours. Yeah, we, we did it. We um, did it. We crushed it. Congratulations to hey, us and to John, anybody who's listening. John, to uh, cheers, <laughs> cheers. Um, yeah. yeah, and so let us know your thoughts. You can do that 
over on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Yes, Facebook. We have a Facebook now. At Magnified Pod. You can send us an email at magnifiedpod at gmail.com. Go ahead and rate and review us and smash that subscribe button. <laughs> Crush it! <laughs> over on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube. Uh, what else can they do? Um, leave us a voicemail. Like, leave us a voicemail. We've said it like six, <laughs> six times. Six Boom. times. Send us some more voicemails, please. Uh, that's at 727 Magpod. <laughs> you want to try that again? That's correct. 8727 Magpod. 8727-7624763. Sure. Mash those buttons. Mash those with your fingies. Um, any closing thoughts? Three hours plus into this um, Oh, fuck! <laughs> you knew it was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. It didn't spill on our equipment. Because so I've, I have consumed... Most of the whiskey. Um, um, and <laughs> Harriet seems nonplussed, but I think she, she's sniffing the spot. <laughs> she or she's get drunk to to uh, quote Spinal Tap, smell the glove. She smells exactly. spot. She does. Um, so well, next week, yes, on our next episode. We'll have a very special interview with Ooh. MXPX video director Brian Bucheltz when it'll be about time for a podcast at our house. And it wouldn't be the same without you. So join us, won't you? Can you um can you uh ask me do you want to have the best life? Yes. Can you ask them that? Can you ask me that? Uh, I do want to have the best life. <laughs> can you say do you want to have the best life? Do you want to have the best life? <laughs> I do want to have the best life. <laughs> Does Harriet want to have the best life? No. <laughs> That's Poor sad. Harriet. <laughs> Poor Harriet. She just had a birthday, though, so she's having the best life. I'm, having, I'm not having a birthday. You're not? Yes, I is. You are having the best yeah. life. But you are having the best life, too. I, I am having the best life, too. <laughs> That's just a little doll. It is a little doll. But he's he's my friend. And he's my doll. Did you bring it from home? I did. He comes with me everywhere I go. It's kind of like how George goes to school with you and he sleeps with you, right? Mm-hmm. Curious George. Yep. All right, buddy. He's my little monkey. Let's say one more thing in the microphone and then go upstairs and read books. No. Yeah, but it's late. It's time I for I want to say five things. Okay, five more things. Make them good. Make them count.
What do you want to be for ha- for next Halloween? Um, that's a good question. I will probably be what I am for every Halloween, which is Marty McFly. It's a solid one. It's a solid, it's a solid costume. What are what is your favorite toy? My favorite toy. This guy is probably my favorite toy. My little punk. He's a good guy. He's a good boy. But is he a kid? That's a good question. Maybe he was a teenager. Yeah, I'd say he's probably... I don't know. What is he? How many years is he old? What do you think, then? Um, I think... Five. Five? I think maybe a little older if he's a teenager. Maybe 15? Or maybe, that sounds right. Or maybe 21? Maybe. That's that's good. Could be. That's a good call. All right. I think those were our five things. No, no it was not. Oh, one more? Yes. Okay. What is your favorite song? My favorite song. Let's see. Probably my favorite, my favorite MXPX song. I don't know, John. Will you will you pretend to be surprised for? Sure. <laughs> well, how about I just say, I knew it "Doing was Time." MXPX. Yeah, I knew it was. <laughs> All right, buddy. All right. Solid work. Nailed it.